Hello. Welcome yeah, we don't to have Birdie or podcast the intro. <laughs> As we start talking all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Teach me like, okay, sucks. wait for the other one to start and then go and then <laughs> happens. You can we tell. Already you, can, a- you can always tell which podcasts are recorded over VOIP and which ones are recorded in a singular studio across all the podcasts I listen to because of how often people will start a sentence and somebody else like goes, ah, 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 because they think they're going to start a sentence, but actually then the the latency, then they hear somebody else start saying the thing, and they're like, oh, shit, I should stop, I guess. And (laughs) it just doesn't, it does not happen the same way in the same room. It's amazing how a tiny, subtle difference happens like that. So anyway, this is the... Spider-Man homing, uh, bleh, Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler cast. We're going to start off with that homing one today. Birds Spider-Man. Of, homing Spider-Man. Ho- homing Spider-Missiles. <laughs> homing Spider-Missiles. Uh, birds out of town. No, he's not. He's not out of he's town. Celebrating he's celebrating Lady, Lady Bird's birthday. <laughs> yeah. The real he's tragedy. always out of town. Yeah, he's always or out of never. town. But he's out of town away from a computer this time. Uh, yeah. But it's probably in the same building. Because it's Lady Bird's birthday, so we're going to talk about some of the media that we've been dealing with lately, and so that on. Bird refuses to watch. Yeah, because, because Bird he doesn't, doesn't like superheroes, time. apparently. <gasps> oh, oh no, my no God. superheroes! Bird, what Bird's... is he? Some sort of like cultural Marxist? I don't know what to call it. Bird's <laughs> taste in movies is eclectic <laughs> and terrible. Wait, oh. but it can't possibly be he as eclectic as mine. He will go out of his way to avoid good movies, so he could watch bad movies and then be angry about the bad movies. We, How about it, old to movies? Be, yeah, our first ever spoiler cast was me and Bird doing Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which was cathartic. Yeah. That was we so finally cathartic saw it. As far as uh, podcasts go. Uh, I feel like we should open up by talking about Spider-Man as a character. Like, not in the movie, but just like what Spider-Man yeah. means to us and what we've exposed been exposed to. Because that's like a background you actually have to cover when talking about something like this. Because it's, like, it's not like talking about like well, freaking... Uh, like when Ozark comes out on Netflix, you like we you know you're talking about the show Ozark that that's ten episodes that came out recently on Netflix and that's the entirety of what it is. Period. Mm-hmm. But Spider Man, like everyone has a different history and different particular exposures to subsections of it and crap, and that means different things about what they care about for the character. Yeah, Carl's music was playing way too loud for whatever game he's going to be. I just I need this. to listen to music like all the time, or I start like zoning out. It just happens. Anyway, <laughs> focus uh, on our voices. Do you actually so, just have tinnitus? Maybe actually. Uh, I'm very wait, no, I don't know. You can't know. Wait, no, you can't not know or not. Do you know what tinnitus is? <laughs> I yeah, I know what tinnitus is. I was like, but <laughs> I've never, I've never looked into it enough to know. Uh, if like I'm even close to having it, it's just he, not something I care he about. He has like restless everything syndrome. No, tinnitus because... is when you hear constant ringing all the time. No, no, I I know what tinnitus is. I'm just saying that you definitely know if you have it or not. <laughs> yeah, he can't he can't keep his fingers still, so he always has to do something. I suppose he always has to listen to something. There just always has to be something going on. Why didn't you watch Baby Driver? I want <laughs> Baby to. Driver she doesn't. One... Like, Baby Driver's about a character that can't stop listening to music, except for him, it's because he has tinnitus, which is why I made that joke. So he, like, oh. constantly listens to music all the time to drown out the tinnitus from from story. Uh, but, yeah, that's I will, I will look into cool it, but movie. that's a different spoiler cast we'll have to do later when yeah. it probably goes to... When you get around to, to watching uh, really cool Edgar Wright movies. I know. I, I want to watch the movie, but Shell's like, I don't want to. So it's like, well, okay. Well, part of it is... Oh, we've been going so to so many movies what you're saying is lately. that Shell and Bird's taste in movies sucks. Well, hey, Shell's is good. She will watch the good movies. She just won't watch all of the good movies or the interesting ones. 
Well, I yeah. was wanting to watch, watch Logan. I was movies. wanting to eventually see Ghost in the Shell, even though I knew it was probably going to be bad. I oh, still so want bad. to see. I still want to see Valerian, even if it has eh reviews. At least the spectacle Wait, of it will be interesting. Which movie is so bad? Sorry. Valerian Ghost has to be better than Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think Valerian's sitting on Ghost like in the Shell. <laughs> well, part of it is Ghost in the Shell is based on a pre-existing Ghost in the Shell movie that's arguably like a really good movie. Yeah. Whereas the remake it went the way of all remakes. I just don't is, like the trend oof. of animation being replaced by live action. Yeah. We're so yeah. we're so off track. But the th- the problem with Ghost in the Shell is it's one of those things like it's actually like the uh like the adaptation of Walking Dead where like they would literally use individual scenes from the original movie, like shot for shot, all the way down to the cinematography and crap. But missed wow. the point of what was supposed to be good about the scene, like even like what was supposed to be the visual focus and stuff like that. And they just like they'd recreate the geometry without like the lighting and stuff like that. So like they they fail to create the actual image that they're trying to copy, despite being a way more expensive project for creating images. But also mm. like they would then go on to not be. It, it wasn't the same movie with the same story at all. It literally was. A di- they basically took a story from uh, a particular arc of standalone complex and then grafted all of the iconic scenes of the St- Ghost in the Shell movie onto it, and neither of them make sense. Mm. It is not the story, ultimately, of the Ghost in the Shell movie. Like, it's a weird mess. And, like, no, no, no part of the movie works. And we, there's a whole spoiler. If, if you're listening to this right now and you're interested, we did a whole spoiler cast on Ghost in the Shell. Andrew and I watched Ghost in the Shell the anime movie from the from both the before times and then watched mm-hmm. the Scarlett Johansson one and it was a nightmare. <laughs> and did she fill the role well or was everyone's misgivings justified? She's fine. I'm so not ready to get up in arms over freaking race casting and everything. Oh, it wasn't necessarily about that. Just... So, Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man, I, I'm gonna Spider-Man. be just here to I, keep I us on, raised, on track. Do, 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 do. I literally raised a prompt of like, "Hey, so how? What was everyone's history of Spider-Man?" And then no one responded. And then we started talking. I, about so Ghost I was going show. to, and you, you guys, guys were did, talking no, no, about no, 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 music, no. Baby Driver, no movies that we want to <laughs> see. Keith asked the question, that, and then you started talking about how I have to listen to things constantly, which got it us was on Baby Driver. The music was so loud, and I couldn't <laughs> so, stand it. Anyway, Spider-Man. This is gonna be significantly longer spoiler cast than it needs to be. Spider-Man. So I've actually read 400 plus issues of Spider-Man, maybe more. From what uh, years? We have, we have different backgrounds. Yeah, we do. Uh, so I've, uh, one year during college, I was really bored because I'd taken a lot of like easy classes and I decided to subscribe to the, uh, uh, the during Marvel. The, on- during the digital age. Yeah. Uh, so I subscribed to the Marvel online archives for like 10 bucks and then proceeded to just lay on my like couch bed and just read Marvel comics for hours on end. So I eventually honed in on Spider-Man because most of his issues were fairly um, lighthearted and also cohesive. Like, it still kind of does that thing where it's just like, okay, the Vulture is up to something evil. We have to go stop him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 100 issues later, it's like, we haven't seen the Vulture for a while. Let's bring it back. And, like, <laughs> comics inherently got kind of cyclical, but it was still generally okay because Spider-Man was... An interesting and dynamic character, and he always fit with like team ups fairly Until well. Until the really dumb like, things happen, like a deal yeah. with the devil. So there was a. Oh, yeah, by the way, a, just general warning: we'll probably spoil every Spider-Man movie ever made so far, and elements of the comics, and even yeah. maybe some games. Who knows? Like we're just this is a general 
free to talk about spoilers of all Spider-Man things. Yes. Yeah, spoiler casts are uh, no holds barred. Good luck. Spoiler yeah, time. Yeah, well, holds barred on like Breaking Bad in during the, Sp- the Spider Man well, Homecoming podcast. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it all kind of came to a head because in uh, the Civil War movie, uh, part of the interesting point is Captain America: Civil War took a lot of elements from the Civil War comic book like uh, plotline, and then cut out all of like the weird stuff. So it was a- effectively the same. I- ideology without any of the background which is why the captain america civil war movie felt maybe a little weird uh in terms of like the differences between the two people because in there's there's definitely a weird sense of like wow that escalated strangely yeah so in the comic book civil war a, a bunch of like amateur superheroes blew up a town like a whole town killing multiple like elementary school's worth of kids and like a bunch of other things so instead they replaced it with the ultron event yeah Okay. Uh, which, I mean, kind of fit the universe, but uh, uh, even during the, like, uh, lead up to this, because there was the uh, Skrull War, which is right before, where a bunch of shapeshifters took the place of a bunch of uh, superheroes. Do you think and- they'll I- do I will the say that as- War? Uh, probably not. Mm. I will say that as far as responses to a superhero-ish stuff causing catastrophes, and we gotta fight back and have governmental control of this, it makes so much more sense than Suicide Squad did. Yeah. The Suicide Squad um, prompt was, what if next time Spider-Man tears the roof... I mean, what if next time Superman tears the roof off the White House and kidnaps the president? I'm like, Harley <laughs> Quinn's gonna stop him? The fuck yeah. is this movie? <laughs> no? Uh, so the uh, uh, superhero registration thing made, made more sense, at least. Yeah, because they're like, we can't have these super-powered teenagers with no regulations running around. Yeah. You know, we gotta more or less either force them to, you know be collared effectively the interesting thing is dc did the same thing with kingdom come yeah so it's i mean it's a common plot line and it makes a lot of sense i don't want to get into it too much but so for spider-man uh as part of the whole civil war thing he takes off his mask in front of everybody uh and this was like the definitive reveal oh because stark was in the camp of wanting to have them all revealed he wanted everybody to be a public like facing entity government employee so on and so forth and he convinced spider-man to do it because it was the only way spider-man could truly protect his family and doesn't that put spider-man's family in the risk that he always said it would (laughs) so it actually puts them in risk but really what happens is spider-man's on iron man's side for a very short period of time until he realizes that Iron Man's fucking crazy and is like act- <laughs> actually uh, inadvertently gotten a couple of superheroes killed and like is going the way of a totalitarian dictator and he's not stable and all sorts of things. Mm. So he switches sides and joins Cap, at which point Iron Man's like, well, you know how I said no matter what, I'd protect your family. Now, fuck it. They're on their own. At which point, like, <laughs> uh, at-, at which point somebody straight up shoots on May and Spider-Man <laughs> signs a deal with the devil to sacrifice... With the literal devil? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Mep- Mephistopheles. Oh. Yeah. To save Aunt May's life at, at the, the cost, cost of, of his... doing the entire relationship with Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah, so they become... out of existence. Because they were yeah, like, Spider-Man so become... got boring when he got married. Yeah. Let's make him non-married. Well, I think that's another issue with, like, you know how we were talking about, like, sequels and how it's, oh, yeah, the hero's children Re- has to carry on their legacy because they're no longer uh, available. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or just the issue uh, of, like, doing a will they, won't they for decades. Eventually, you have to let them do the will they. 
and then yep. eventually like shit but they're married now and it's boring uh yeah because then they can't have black cat and other people like coming in and being like well, Row. so that actually so as as weird and crazy as it sounds that was actually kind of a good turning point for spider-man because they stopped doing the will they won't they and they're just like all right so spider-man's kind of like an alt version of iron man because you know they've always implied that spider-man's like super smart so he's making like spider gadgets and doing because all sorts of like bullshit. Whenever they portray bullshit. him, he's almost always like a scientist or some kind of yeah. like student at least at medical locations and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gives up on the whole being a photographer for like chump change because that really does not translate to modern times <laughs> as well. And they switched him he's... over to being a tech nerd and working oh for MIT more or less. How does this tie into your connection to Spider Man? Or are you just this, I'm, I'm just explaining everything. where I'm coming from in Spider-Man. So, you know, I'm thinking of <laughs> Spider-Man Nowadays, being this. be a photographer for TMZ. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> That's but, the Tobey Maguire version, right? But so, like, after a number <laughs> There's of... not TMZ yeah. in, in the Tobey Maguire version. <laughs> but, but he's still a photographer. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's exactly the same. But so, for me, I like the idea of Spider-Man being a smart kid that, like, can joke, but also is a fairly competent character... Which is why I've always hated the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the background I wanted to go with. Because, like, I, shall we talk about Tobey Maguire first? Like, for me, I've been exposed to Spider-Man entirely via adaptations. So, okay. I grew up watching the cartoon. The, the one that was on mm-hmm. in the 90s, primarily. And yeah. so, that's what I know about. Like, I remember Mary Jane turning into a weird puddle and dying on the top of a building or something. I'm like, that's... Huh. <laughs> that was weird. Well, I think she or I think she was dead already and then she turned into a weird swatter clone, but then that died too and it was like messed up at some point cuz like yeah, the waterman loved her or something. Yeah, uh, I actually had most of the episodes on DVD, I think. And then I watched the Tobey Maguire movies as it came out and I watched the first Amazing Spider-Man and could not bring myself to even try bo- like bother going to see the second one after the first one went. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I then other than that like games like my exposure to civil war before the movie came out aside from knowing that it was a thing because you would see like the hardbound uh print of it just at places all the time was that uh there was marvel marvel ultimate alliance 2 was civil war arc mm-hmm. so it was split down the center of all the marvel characters of like stark versus iron man and that was like 10 years ago or something was it when that game came out which has come up in previous podcasts because that was the game where when uh Disney bought Marvel or something like that. Like, all the licenses expired, and so they lost all the DLC. <laughs> so this is like a bunch of black silhouettes of characters you can never have on your roster permanently, which is yep. not great. Unless you emulate the game, but that's kind of a different deal entirely. Um, so, so for me, what was important about Spider-Man was that he's never like, I'm going to save the world from this like extraterrestrial threat or like this, gl- this global catastrophe. It's always like, this bank robber has a jetpack. <laughs> He needs to get yeah. kicked in the face is more or less what he was doing. And then a lot of melodrama between interpersonal struggles between people he knows and like hit, uh, and problems within his community. Like protecting that, his community from problems that arise from his own community. That was definitely, yeah. I mean, that's always, Friendly I neighborhood think, Spider-Man of, eventually, like, yeah. you realize it, it means so much more than uh, just the throwaway tagline. It's like, no, he's the neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. He's... He, all of his stories take place in this town, <laughs> and all the villains yeah. somehow come from this town, <laughs> and it's like on this scale. And the moment, you, if like if Spider Man was an Ultron, it would be like, why is Spider Man in the Ultron movie? Well, so that's actually <laughs> the interesting part is Spider Man was in the comic book Ultron arc. Spider Man has actually one of the like longest 
longest running members of both the Avengers and the New Avengers. Uh, well, from what I've seen, form the New just, Avengers. It yeah. feels like such a weird idea for a fit it compared is, to the other characters. It's super bizarre. The interesting point, though, is he does still kind of fit the neighborhood Spider-Man feel, where like he's there, but like he's not the mover or the pusher. He's kind of the he's the helper, uh, kind he's of like an assistant one character. Yeah, so like you'll like have Hawkeye. Yeah, he he really is kind of in the same position as Hawkeye, and for the most part, actually in the comics, Hawkeye was dead for a while and may still be dead. I don't remember. It's hard. They might have brought him back to do. Isn't Wolverine (laughs) dead now? (laughs) Yeah, Wolverine has been dead for a couple years now. Because they're like, if you're not going to give it back to us, we're just going to kill him. You don't get any more stories. And they're like, fine, we'll we'll kill him too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it works. Oh, is this about like licensing? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because they can't they can't use Wolverine in the Disney movies and X Men. And is that it? And Sp- until recently, Spider-Man were like unaccessible by Disney well, because the licenses Sp- were still rented out for movies. Uh, Spider-Man is still technically inaccessible to Disney. Yeah, However, it's still Sony, Sony but they're working than- with them. Yeah, because so- Sony at least has some brain cells. Sony's like, we uh, need a again- loophole here because we want to keep yeah. Spider-Man movies to be our thing. But also, no one wants to watch them anymore because we're bad at this. <laughs> Yeah. Save us. So save us company. We're trying to keep this property away from. <laughs> so I, I would like to, I guess, kind of recount my favorite Spider-Man comic book moment is there was kind of one of those like ridiculous crossover events where everybody's fighting everybody again, except for this time it's uh, five of the X-Men have gotten like super, super powers from the Phoenix force because Tony Stark decided it would be a good idea to try and blow the thing up, not having no idea what it was going to do. And so, uh, specifically, Colossus, you know, the big metal man and his sister, yeah. whose name I can never remember. I know X-Men characters more than most yeah. Marvel universes. Um, but so, Colossus and his sister are, like, living in some remote area. And I, I think they've been, like, kidnapping a bunch of uh, heroes and, like, locking them away in a hell portal or something silly like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, get, it got a little bit convoluted. But so, everybody, like, did a rescue attempt. And succeeded, but Spider-Man stayed behind to, like, distract them, because if somebody didn't do it, they were screwed. At which point, he proceeded to, with both arms broken, trick uh, Colossus and his sister into beating each other up instead. And um, and it actually worked great, in my I just, opinion. I just imagine like, it played out like part of that part of Deadpool, where Colossus is just fighting the other almost Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just it was just super satisfying because all he was doing was just making fun of them and like dodging and stuff like that and it was it was so perfect there was no like super punch special like ass whooping combo that they pulled out of nowhere it's just spider-man doing his normal thing and i really liked that and it was like super core to his character um all right can i I yeah can you get to mine sure all right also that music was just annoying in any case, uh, <laughs> no sorry. one can hear it. Stop talking about the music. Sorry, I just, I just do like little, like hand things, and then he angrily like looks back at me. Well, and it's like, because Stop. you bring it up. I'm like, I'm going to adjust it. But you don't. You don't turn it off. I... <laughs> now we're talking okay. about it more. Spider Man. Spider Man. Right, right. So I have an interesting history with Spider Man. Uh, actually, Marvel and DC Comics in general. So my father. Uh, grew up in New York City, in Yonkers specifically. And uh, growing up, he would like use extra change or lunch money to buy uh, Superman and Batman comic books when he was young. And uh, as time went on, uh, one of his good high school friends, Bob, 
I actually began to work for Marvel as an inker. And so we have hundreds of comic books in in our basement. Um, At this point, I think we've bagged a lot of them, made sure that they were nicely stored away. Uh, But we have just issues and issues of comics that my dad himself has collected and ones that Bob has given to him, whether they were like extra issues that he received for like working on them and whatnot. And I think he specifically worked on the Star Wars series, Iron Man, uh, the X-Men, I don't know if he inked any of the uh, the ones for Spider-Man, because we have fewer Spider-Man uh, issues in our collection than, say, the other ones, but uh, the ones that we do have are rather interesting. I, I think I had recounted to you the one where he teamed up with Luke Cage's Power Man to stop a smoke-like villain from a- getting all of the members of a track team addicted to smoking. <laughs> just fun little things like that um so yeah growing up we had all of these marvel comics uh, particularly ones from the 70s and the 80s and uh, i grew up wa- reading a lot of those issues and then there was the at the animated television series which i absolutely loved uh they brought in so many side characters and like spin-off characters and tie-ins from other marvel comics that it was just it was always fun to watch, uh, just ones that we don't even see publicly much anymore. Like I haven't even seen the Scorpion as of late. Well, it's because he's a dumb villain. There's and there's a whole like dumb. slew of villains prior to the two thousand. They 2000s. brought the Rhino in though, and yeah, he's pretty dumb. I, well, the Rhino is dumb. I I think the Vulture adaption in the most recent movie was brilliant, but let's we'll, we'll let's hold that, that off. Yeah, there's also like Mysterio. Yeah, and but you get a the Hydro guy. Yeah, they don't have a Mysterio movie. To. Yeah, no, he's like one of the most no. memorable Spider-Man villains for me because he's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and they had done the Doctor Octopus. My brother especially liked Doctor Octopus. We we had an, a Doctor Octopus and a Spider-Man figurine, and I would always be Spider-Man and you know whoosh, trying to tear off. Uh, Dr. Octopus's arms because they were detachable. <laughs> oh, fun stuff. Uh, so yeah. And then uh, a couple of my friends were just obsessed with Spider-Man as well. So especially when the new Spider-Man movies came out, my one friend, he had like all the Lego sets and uh, all of like the nice 12-inch fully articulated action figures. So we'd play with those. That was a lot of fun. I... I actually, I, I know this is probably unpopular now, but back then, I loved watching the new Spider-Man films because it was like seeing a character from those things that I read as a child. No, you know, I, st- I being... still like the Spider-Man movies. Well, okay, two of them. <laughs> uh, I especially liked it when you know he was being Spider-Man as opposed to uh, Tobey Maguire. It, it's interesting. I, I always. I always, whenever I hear like Spider-Man's voice in my head, I, I always go back to the cartoon and just all like the quips, the funny lines. Do you remember when he would like sit next to the gargoyle? And I think the gargoyle's name may even have been Bruce. And he would just like talk with it about his day and stuff. Those were, those were hilarious moments of the television series. I think it was a nod to Batman calling the gargoyle Bruce. But yeah, I mean, it absolutely was. <laughs> okay, so movies. So you said you liked the Toby Maguire stuff, yeah, Keith. 
Yep. I had a good. So you watched all three of them, or I watched all three of them, the and like I said, I liked two of them. <laughs> okay, I... so you liked the first two, and then the third was me. Yeah. I'd... Although I just, t- I think, uh, Spider Man Three has a specific thing that goes really in line with Final Fantasy Ten for me. Where the specific mm. scene that everyone makes fun of is like the one is like the one I'm most likely to defend, basically. You know what I mean? So the the weird dancing one from three. Yeah. Cause like Spider Man Ten has the laughing scene, and I'm like, if you've played this game, like the laughing scene's actually like touching and like You mean it, Final, it, Final Fantasy Ten for a reason. I was like, Spider Man Ten, what? <laughs> Spider Man Ten. Yeah, Final Fantasy Ten's laughing scene that everyone makes fun of, like that's like that has that so much reason Titus? to exist in its story, and it sounds like dumb fake laughing because it literally is dumb fake laughing. It's like <laughs> when you hear someone say that you smile until you actually feel like you're smiling and stuff like that. Like they're literally like experiencing a bad thing and being like, "We're gonna try to force like jovialty into this scenario because everything sucks," and that's also, why they're fake knows- laughing. Who knows how many times they had to redo that, too. You know, <laughs> give us a laugh. <laughs> no, that and doesn't so sound in, right. In Spider-Man like, 3, like, at this point, like, it's the third Sam Raimi movie. And Sam Raimi is a particular style of director. And Tobey Maguire has a particular style of Spider-Man. Where he is just the dopiest shit. Like, he is, <laughs> like, absolutely... They're, they're playing... Uh, they're they're specifically playing Spider-Man as being this dopey, awkward character that has his own sensibilities and everything. So, like, when you mix uh, Sam Raimi's campy style of making movies with Toby, this Tobey Maguire character on what they would think is cool, like, yeah, Venom Spider-Man, like, old, like, grimdark Spider-Man would totally think that once he's, like, on top of the world, would he would, like, he would think that everything happening in that scene is what, like, cool people do. <laughs> and, like, like mm-hmm. it all fits perfectly to me. Like, all that, all the, all the bullshit and all the cringe in that scene is, like, the point of the scene. But man, that movie's yeah. a mess. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. movie structurally, on a sto- from a storytelling perspective, is just a nightmare. Like somebody had once the said that the mess. actor for the Sandman seemed like the only person that wanted to be there, and I'm inclined <laughs> to believe them. Osborne was amazing as. Uh, Let's bring uh, back uh, Goblin not, not again. Os- huh? Let's bring back Goblin, like just the part where they brought back Green Goblin for a third movie. Oh yeah. God! Well, what it. I meant to say was Defoe. Defoe's yeah. Goblin was really good. James Franco did an okay uh, Harry Osborn. Yeah, but yeah, two of the two of the the two obvious standout things are are uh, are Willem Dafoe and the guy that played Jonah Jameson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's those are those are perfect caricatures of like the fun. uh, Like, well, Jameson's a perfect uh, is a perfect character. I don't know if Willem Dafoe is a perfect character of the original character, but it sure as hell carved out a character for himself that no one will forget now. He does not in any way, shape, or form visually resemble him, or yeah. even, or even honestly, like the acting. It's kind of like um, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah, a I was about to say like it, it feels like the Joker from Dark Knight before that ever happened. Yeah. Of like, no, we made right. we made a super like carved into your brain memorable superhero character right on the screen. Yeah, yeah. people have been wanting Defoe to be the Joker for years, but I, don't... I think he made a perfectly fine Green Goblin. Yep. Um, yeah, and. Honestly, at this point, I think when the Joker... J.K. Simmons. Is, I never remember yeah. his name. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, J.K. Simmons did an absolutely wonderful J. Joe Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, uh, 
I don't know. I, I could not handle three. That dancing scene, I can totally appreciate it now that you've like brought that up a couple of times. But at the Watch same time... Watch some Sam Raimi movies. Watch Drag I, Me to Hell or Evil Dead. I think Dead. my main problem is just like... I think... It just, the movie was so unredeemable that no matter what he was trying to do there, it's just like, yeah. this is garbage. Oh, yeah, it was in the middle of a bad movie, which is a problem. But like that... Yeah. As a character thing, it makes sense. Uh, the only part that doesn't make sense is the part where other where like the scene is somehow happening... But you could you could see that as like heightened reality of like his bullshit perspective on life at that point because he's all venomized, or you could just be like, no, it's Sam Raimi having fun because that's this was back in a the tiny tiny window that is dead now where uh, superhero movies felt like some sort of director's touch and feel. Yeah, like we tried that having that definitively... again when Edgar Wright tried to direct Ant-, Ant Man, and we saw how that worked out, which is that he got he left the Ant Man project because he couldn't make it an Edgar Wright film correctly. Oh, I actually liked Ant Man. Yeah, at least you can the... like or not like superhero movies, but superhero movies are very much a Disney production or a Warner Brothers production, and the director is like not entirely important to that so getting these in, why... getting interesting visionary directors doesn't mean you're gonna have an interesting movie is that why they're switching up the directors for every star wars film because i i always found that peculiar that they would change someone for I'm a project pretty because... sure they wanted to i think they wanted to stick with uh with jj with uh jj abrams but he left mm-hmm. and so once he's gone you're like well shit <laughs> we thought he was gonna make all these but like like a uh, fucking uh, the new Fantastic Four that everyone hated was made by the guy that made Chronicle, like the the found footage superhero movie where everyone finds things that give them powers and and but like one of them has like an abusive relationship with their family and so like they because they start morphing into like the villain of the story and like they have and there's oh. all these like these found footage like drama scenes happening and they and then and then like that eighty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. And then they made Fantastic Four, and it's nine percent not Rotten Tomatoes, and they're like it's recut and it's reshot, and they brought in other people to change the movie afterwards, and like, uh, was it the uh, Ant Man changed directors midway through its production? Uh, now what's it called? Uh, Ant Man and the Solo Wasp. Movie. The na- Han Solo movie has been a nightmare. Uh, oh. Then you, then you have uh, yeah. what's it called? Justice League. Is like changing hands over and over again and being rewritten oh, no. and reshot like a Frankenstein's monster at this point. That's and, bad. And there's a tragedy behind that 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 explains some of it because yeah, like uh, horrible shit happened in Zack Snyder's family, which is why he's not working on that movie anymore. And that's like really sad and horrible. But like that's it's another one on the long list of movies. It's like how Suicide Squad. Uh, was made by someone and then handed off to other people and like a trailer house recut it and it's like who the, there's no there is no like artistic focus to any of this shit there's no there's no room in this in the uh universe that is su- superhero movies for like a Quentin Tarantino or an Edgar Wright like you never get you're like not, you're not going to get like a, like nothing's going to feel like a Scott Pilgrim movie and I don't mean yeah. like literally Scott Pilgrim exactly, but I mean like Scott Pilgrim felt like super specific and weird and special. And Marvel movies feel like whether you like the stories and the characters or not, they all are shot the same and they look the same and they feel the same and they're paced the same and they like like they they're fe- trying to create a continuity. Like they might as well be directed by the same person, <laughs> and even though yeah. they're not. Mm-hmm. And the biggest exception, obviously, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is directed yeah, right. by a the guy that made Slither, which is basically like being directed <laughs> by Sam Raimi, by the way. Like that's like 
he's one of those types of directors that makes some weird projects. And the fact that he had freedom led to that being the one that everyone talks about. <laughs> like, Suicide Squad was made by David Ayer. And he made, uh, what was it? He made the that movie in the tank called Fury. Hmm. Like, that nightmare movie with Brad Pitt. And, uh, like, it was just, like, this hellish, grim like textured movie and it was super memorable and it was hard to watch because it was just like a miserable thing happening and then suicide squad was just like some kind a of miserable mistake. thing happening <laughs> yeah it was a miserable experience for completely different reasons like yeah the, the directors that they pick up don't shine through but yeah i don't have great I feelings think, about this well, the han solo I, movie i would not be surprised if with han solo with you know all these superhero movies it's it's the same as like the uh, Star Wars books. Uh, if you ever heard about like how the Star Wars books worked, uh, originally with the Star Wars books, they more or less just said like kind of here's a lo- loose guideline of like what we want. Uh, and this is before Episode One came out, so you got a lot of like kind of weird, cool books all over the place mm-hmm, where like Chewbacca dies and like a whole alien doesn't, faction shows up out of nowhere and get hit Vaughn. by a moon. Yeah. Yeah, they crash a whole moon and kill him. Insane. Which is, I mean, honestly, a a surprisingly, yeah, epic death. It's a really Um, epic death for what's ultimately just like a mammal. Like you can kill him with other things. He will die. You could have crashed a ship into him. I don't care if he's a Krogan; he'll still die. (laughs) Yeah, but so, uh, so that was kind of in the wild, wild west of Star Wars novels. What ended up happening is. Episode one came out and Lucas Lucasfilm was kind of like, oh shit, like we're going to be making a lot of money from this again. This isn't just one of Lucas's many forgotten We can't uh, let the, the fan fiction projects. people just play anymore. Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, all the novels become much more serialized and focused. Well, part of it was but, a lot of the novels were taking place directly before episode one or in the time afterwards. Yeah. But I think people must have been prohibited from doing anything afterwards well, yeah. until the trilogy so was finished. So it, it suddenly became super limited and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't write things. So you had, you had whole like boardrooms filled with quality control, Chronological. like executive yeah. quality control, which suddenly turns, turns it from, you know, this is this is just going to be a Star Wars book. To this is going to be the Star Wars book, and you comic books you can't went wild like, though for that, like the Clone Wars series and other things. I I mean, I have a lot of those graphic novels. They created so many new characters, and some of them actually ended up in the movies later. And things just get so like, messy when you have like an individual book or movie, and basically like there's somebody trying to write the thing, and they have an idea of what the whole thing should be, and then someone's like basically like hand slapping them, like no, no, it has to be this way and stuff like that every turn. Like mm-hmm. you can still get good projects out of that, but it's such a different creation environment. Like and that like so that that leads to a situation where like a lot of these Marvel movies have been good, like really good. Like there's no denying that they're they're making good movies, but they're gonna feel like one big homogenous thing at some point. And like, oh, it, I mean, it already uh, does. Already, I can't remember some of the movies individually. Or like, good luck trying I to place the for- timeline without a spreadsheet at some point. <laughs> I had actually forgotten that uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was a separate movie from Captain America Civil War. Yeah, which is crazy to me because when Winter Soldier came out, that was like, un- like everyone was flipping out because it was the best Marvel movie ever made. Like Winter Soldier was like a because cr- that was Hydra happening, 
and it was yeah. really well done. And there's so many cool scenes like the elevator scene and stuff going on, and like really cool action things. And I think it's like the last time we saw Samuel L. Jackson basically, and like that oh, yeah. was like he hasn't been around lately. Like that was like a Mission Impossible movie. Like it was really fun. And then almost immediately, like it's just consumed by like the the, the blue slime. <laughs> it's, I like, think part of it is sinking because in. they're they're trying to amp up for the gauntlet. Um, the infinity, well, gauntlet, the infinity, infinity gauntlet. The infinity gauntlet. Part so they have to introduce probably guardians. Kill, like a bunch of these characters. Ooh. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're gonna kill some of these people off because their contracts aren't gonna go forever. Yep. Like well, Iron Man that... was so long ago. Oh, I know. Robert Downey Jr. said that he was pretty much done, but then they're like, hey, can you come on for Spider-Man? He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like we, th- but- we think about Logan and like how Hugh Jackman's played Wolverine forever. And yeah, he's got like the longest streak. Does he have the longest streak ever for playing a superhero in ever in movies, I think? I wouldn't doubt I it. I think so, yeah. But like Iron Man's not too much later at this point. It's like it's later, but it's like Iron Man is already like almost a 10-year movie. And, like, it is and, interesting... And w- uh, it is interesting watching uh, uh, Hugh Jackman go from uh, X Men One to Logan. Like the visual differences, even like makeup, like how much bulkier he got, and like how much more he grew into the role. Robert Downey Jr. hasn't changed a bit. He doesn't need to, though. <laughs> that man is—I mean, he is probably just going to be the next George Clooney, just weirdly immutable. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. started looking better when he got older. Yeah, well, he, part of it is he laid off on the drugs. That yeah, makes a huge his, difference. His, his like eyes were almost weird when his face was completely smooth. Like there was like a there, Oh he, yeah. He looked like slightly odd when you see him in like natural born killers and stuff like that. Like they were actually pretty close when they did the CG Iron Man at one point to go back and like sh- and like try to show a, a young Robert Downey Jr. when he was like oh, having yeah. a scene with his parents or something. And it's like, yeah, that's actually about how odd he looked when he didn't have any lines on his face. And that's so, the thing. It's, I, I think that a lot of like actors can grow well into like older characters and older figures. It's just an unfortunate thing for actresses, though. Yeah. Uh, for Hugh Jackman, it's just funny because in the first movie, he wasn't even particularly jacked. <laughs> And then he no, gets like he distressingly jacked as the movies go on, and then half of them are just <laughs> supposed to be prequels. The X Men franchise needs to die, <laughs> not the franchise. Yeah. I mean, but like the oh, yeah. movie series. We have a trilogy of original movies. We have a trilogy of prequels, and now a trilogy of X of Wolverine movies. And yeah, you uh, you bet they're gonna probably get at least a trilogy of Deadpool movies. And it's like that's twelve movies. <laughs> that's twelve movies that exist in the X in the X Men continuity. There and are like, so that's, many. And it's X-Men. not a continuity anymore. It's a nightmare. You can't even tell what counts as being a part of the story anymore. Which begs the question: When they do Black Panther, like. If if Disney and Marvel ever get the rights to the X Men back, are they actually gonna have like the Storm no. Black Panther marriage nope, thing? No, they're not. No. Nope. You can't even reconcile that stuff at some point because like you can't cross the universes, so you'd have to establish Storm from scratch in the Marvel universe at some point. Yeah, and then they, at that they point, do like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. So that's the thing where what happens there is that those characters are... Had a dual contract. Yeah. Well, the the, the issue is that they're not really, like, headline characters for, like, any of the Marvel comics. 
in general. Yeah, they were they're, support they're characters. Yeah, the support characters split between different stories. Like in one, they're in one they're Magneto's children, but in other ones, like they're actually prominent characters in completely non X Men stories. So basically, yep. they broke out their lawyers and they argued about who gets to have which. And basically, they're like, yeah, both people can technically simultaneously have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. But you can't call them mutants. They have to, you have to call them yeah. something else. So they call them like meta I believe it was mutates or something. They call really? them meta humans, yeah. I think, or meta humans. I think they call them. Okay. Yeah. So um, specifically, you can't, you can't Quicksilver, use the word mutant unless you have the X Men license. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were fo- founding uh, Avengers members. Yeah. And the Avengers license went very much to Disney. So. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it was just determined that both characters uh, are owned in the same, but you have to split the universe. Wait, wait. And, so and if I, they I can't like Scarlet them- Witch, but but freaking Quicksilver is a waste. He's garbage. He's well, so good in the X Men movies, and such a waste of time in when he shows up in Ultron. Yeah, well, in yeah. Ultron, he's the guy a character. Can, yeah, he's, he's barely he's like, a character. It feels like he. Well, they, it feels like they didn't even hire an actor to play him. Like he's well, just they just hired some dude. And gave him a wig and like you're you're gonna be Quicksilver for ten minutes. <laughs> yep, your character's gonna die. Don't worry, you don't have a whole lot of lines to memorize. Just stand there and look relatively attractive. Thanks. Oh, by the way, you get shot and killed at the end. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, they they get the best Olsen sister to play uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. I mean, the others are not exactly viable candidates at this point. Yeah, but Elizabeth Olsen's actually in good movies. <laughs> Because oh, she's yeah. actually an actress, and she's in like a bunch of weird, fucked up drama movies, and like has a whole backlog of being in these like really, really compelling films, which is weird because no one knew she existed for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually even thought, I didn't. Well, I actually watched the Mary Kate and Ashley stuff growing up, but is she their younger sister? Yes. I first saw her in the movie Martha Marcy May Marlene, which is like a really distressing cult movie like she like she escapes from an abusive cult and then it's just like a bunch of really unsettling shit happens in a movie for a while and i don't i don't remember if i i don't remember if i even like the movie necessarily but i just liked her a lot in it like she did a good job sorry I always get... Uh, he thinks that they're in the parent trap, but yeah, that's for, Lindsay Lohan. Uh, so I, I'd remembered a <laughs> detail a and I couldn't remember. So well, uh, so I'd remembered a detail from when I was a kid where uh, for the parent trap, they they had actually just had uh, Lindsay Lohan twice and used like, you know, video editing to make it look like they were two different kids. I was under the impression that it was actually just the Olsen twins that had, uh, had done it. <laughs> How old no. were they when that came out? Because... Why? I wonder why they didn't do it. Yeah, so Mary-Kate and Ashley are three years older than Elizabeth Olsen. Okay. This is why they got all fucked up first, and the parents are like, let's not repeat this one. Yeah. Let's make sure the other one doesn't get into acting until she's old enough to probably not get into drugs, hopefully. I can't even trace back how we got here, I'm gonna be honest. Holy uh, crap. Well, we got here because we're, we were, we're talking really about... We were talking about Scarlet. We are really directors. bad about talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, we are. We're talking about well, directors, part of creative is, freedom, Raimi, Spider-Man, Venom. You can't talk about Spider-Man, Spider-Man anymore without talking about the rest of the continuum because at this point he's been firmly inserted into it. It's so, you know, ma- previous, it's so There's so many overlapping webs. Yeah. Webs. Huh. Uh, so specifically for Homecoming, like you can watch it without watching Civil War. But It'll be very confusing for a few minutes. 
Yeah, it's super confusing until you just kind of get used to the fact that for some reason Iron Man is suddenly Spider-Man's like surrogate dad. Well, I just mean mm-hmm. like the beginning of the the beginning of the movie is from Civil War. Yeah. It's his footage. Which is which really I, I thought that, that was, was fun. Yeah, here, let's let's actually focus in on it. Let's not talk about the uh the, the middle movies. series because the, the they're unmentionable. I only saw one of them and was like it's, yeah, it's, this is bad. You, you gave up with the first one too? Well, yeah. Like, yeah, I one saw the, the one with the lizard there, and I'm like, eh. I want. I, I want to talk like about Garfield. that just a little bit, which is that like okay, like I, I liked Dopey Toby McGuire, and like the the Homecoming one is also like a different kind of like awkwardness that also works. But they hired like cool guy McBritish person from Social Network to play Spider Man. Yeah. He's like, look at my giant hair quaff, and I'm really suave, and I get a lady in like five minutes into this movie and stuff like this. And she could go awkwardly skateboard for a while. Like nothing yep. about him felt like any Spider-Man. version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Really? And it also has the worst it has what I like people point out the dancing scene uh but uh the first amazing Spider-Man has what is for me the worst scene I've ever seen in a Spider-Man film. <laughs> Which the was? cranes. Yeah, the oh, cranes. Cuz like the cranes. so like uh, what happened, for those who don't know, is that uh, when Spider-Man first came out, uh, it, they had filmed it already, mostly, and, like, they they set up, like, they, they they are setting up, like, oh, it's New York, so, like, you know, New York, and, like, look, it's set in this location, I know, we'll have a promo trailer that takes, that where Spider-Man uh, captures a helicopter and a giant web between the Twin Towers, which got really awkward very abruptly right before the movie came out, because of what happened to the Twin Towers, so... Uh, they they change things and they're like, well, we need to. Ha- this is a time to come together because like th- we're making a we're releasing a movie that takes place in New York shortly after a disaster happens in New York. So they add like the "You Go Spider Man" of like all the New Yorkers coming together to like at, during that one scene during the first movie, and like at, like having like an, a moment where the community itself kind of also saves Spider Man in a moment, and like and having like. Like the the it reinforces the whole friendly neighborhood Spider Man and the whole part where like it's supposed to be about, about community during a timing when being about community especially mattered in the New York area. So it's like a really mm-hmm. like specific of its time sort of movie release. And I think it was the second movie had the train, which was almost like that was also fantastic because yeah. he saves an entire train of people and he's just defeated at that point. And they carry him through the group. And his mask isn't on, and they just they just put his mask back on, and no one's gonna reveal who he is. And it's like it's 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 New York looking after one of their own, and that's like really cool. And it's mm-hmm. and it's like you don't like have to like figure out the logistics of the scene because like it's just it, it's just really basic. They're just gonna not they're they're just gonna take care of him and not reveal who he is because they're looking after one of their own. In the Amazing Spider-Man, they try to do the exact same thing again. Which first of all, why are you shamelessly ripping off? somebody else's take on spider-man like this because that's that's the, that's when you get like the ghost in the shell problem where it's like wow you're just you're just like ripping scenes from other people's movies without any of the proper build-up and stuff but it's also Some stupid people just can't people aren't creative it sucks but yeah. yep. but in a in amazing spider-man he needs to go in a particular direction it's during the climax and he's kind of beat up and something like that and he's got to beat God, was it Lizard Man? I don't even remember who the villain of that yeah, movie was. Yeah, it was Lizard. It was that movie so forgettable, except for the scene being stupid. <laughs> but it, he needs to go in a particular direction, so there happens to be a zigzag of particular cranes 
in the middle well, yeah, of the not night to there was a bomb. where there's workers on all of those cranes and like, we're going to help Spider-Man. I don't know how we know he needs help or how we're all communicating so abruptly, but they all perfectly, all these tra- all these cranes that are somehow on tops of buildings perfectly along the entire path that Spider-Man needs to take all rotate outward to put their arms out over the open street so that he can swing off, so he can use his webs to like swing off of all of his ar- their arms and stuff like that to get there. And I'm like... First of all, how are all those cranes on those exact buildings? Because that's insane. How did everyone know to do this? Wasn't how, it at night, too? How, yeah, it yeah, was nighttime. It was, like, middle of the like, night. How is this scene even happening? And also, why does Spider-Man need cranes? He has, like, the web stick to, like, anything. So, like... Yeah, we've already made... established that he doesn't need full buildings to yeah. spring off of. The scene made almost no sense on any level. And was, like... But also had, had that really bad stink of just, like, we're just going to use another director's ideas in our movie, like, shamelessly without understanding why it was there. And, like, it's so much up with with many of those movies that happen where, like, we're we're going to rip scenes from a thing and not understand why the scenes happened or what they meant at the time. And we're just trying to mimic things that have been successful before without any of the soul. And it's, like, I that scene was when I knew that that, that universe was doomed. And yeah. so I didn't even bother watching the second one. And I guess no one else did either. Because <laughs> nope. yeah. it bombed I never hard. Watched it. <laughs> I, uh, I just didn't like Garfield as Peter Parker. And yeah. the delivery with him and the lizard and everything else. That. Sounds really weird when you don't say Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I didn't like Garfield, oh, Garfield as Peter Parker. I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Calibrating. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining uh, Garfield the cat. Uh so it's also really admit, gross to like it also feels really President gross when Garfield. you're like you're like repack you're cynically corporately repackaging post 9-11 uh like uh, patriotism to sell your like 2013 movie and i'm like this I, is I will disgusting admit the, <laughs> i will admit the crane scene actually like got me with the emotional connection and then afterwards i was like god damn it <laughs> when I, like, god damn it had I'm when I had like a moment to think about it, I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. I mean, you cheer like, the them on, like, woohoo, go well, normal honestly, people. Honestly, I think You're it's actually the Spider-Man. music. I, I will say, I believe the the <laughs> the Garfield Spider-Man. What was the tagline for those? Because I don't remember. Amazing. Okay, yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man ones. That I think they had a really good soundtrack or something. Because I like, I remember the songs more than I actually remember the ga- the uh, game, <laughs> the movies themselves. Because the movies. I mean, the plots were like, bleh. Uh, but that moment, they had that, like, classic, like, inspiring music. And it's like, all right, uh, I'm invested. And then afterwards, it's just like, oh, that was dumb. Oh, well. <laughs> and in any case, Spider-Man has had a slump for a little while. Well, yeah, for a long while. They, do you, you guys have no idea how many cartoons they've had in the meantime, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. I- I actually watched a YouTube video the There's other like day. There's like 3D one and other things. Yeah, there was a oh, shoot. Who's the actor that's currently um in? He was in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Neil Patrick Harris. There we go. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was Spider Man for a little bit in the 3D animated one, which I watched a clip of. That prob- was apparently that 2003. Works. It looked atrocious. He was actually a decent voice actor, but the plots were stupid and the yeah. animation was worse. I mean, there's there's uh, no there's no shortage of superhero voice actors out there. Yep. If you're gonna make your right. animated shows, the Iron Man animated movies were pretty bad. Yeah, they were atrocious. But so, uh, so I watched like a ten minute video on each one of them, and there's been like thirty different cartoons in the past twenty years, and I'm like, really? I like just I thought stopped. they stopped with the one in the '90s, and then just 
you know, kind of rebooted past, it I knew they went past the 90 ones, 90s one because there was one where he went to the future. Yeah. And he had like the Well, that was actually suit. a follow-up sort of to the one. Yeah, but um, it was a new show in the, like in the equivalent of uh, Batman Beyond being the same yeah. animators and everything and same writers, I want to say, but was it was a new show. Even yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a future show, too. By the way, Batman Beyond was, was really cool. Batman yeah, Beyond was Batman amazing. Beyond. When do yeah. we get and really when does Terry get a movie? <laughs> I don't know. I want one cuz like that was a weird that was, future where people were augmenting their bodies with animal parts and stuff. Like that was a crazy setting to add to the yeah. already weirdness that was Gotham. I mean, it also helped to explain where a lot of the villains came from. Yeah. Yeah, because suddenly you didn't have to explain away Killer Croc as much because, like, it actually had an in-universe explanation in the setting that went beyond that one character. I also I was so happy when Arkham City had a Batman Beyond skin that you could play as. Because, <laughs> mm. one, you didn't have to deal with the giant swooshy cape, which actually gets really in the way of gameplay. But what about the mouth? That doesn't make sense. I don't care. I, I've, it's hard to make costumes for that, that particular suit. What about I, the mouth I could that care less sense. about how he has a mouth with a weird cyber suit. Well, oh, they've sort of been. Yeah, I'm looking up the Batman Beyond costume and it's baffling for for Arkham Knight. Yeah, it looks weird. He looks I, like I'm Mr. Freeze put Batman ears grafted onto his helmet and then like just p- painted a bat on the front. He actually <laughs> he actually almost looks like uh, some of the like I don't quite have my full costume yet versions of Daredevil. Yeah, the weird like grimace forehead. <laughs> I just That's... liked it because it's like they remember Batman Beyond exists. Yeah, but didn't keep <laughs> any of the parts about how Batman Beyond looked necessarily. It was good. Oh yeah, no they they just they just had the Bruce models. So they're like, okay, Batman let's Beyond just put was lankier and he was more acrobatic. Here's yeah, all they, yeah. When they made the the Arkham Knight thing, all they did was take the black, like, oh, he's black with a red bat on the chest, and then they kept nothing else from the costume. It actually looks really silly in the uh, in-game cutscenes. Yeah, but most of the custom uh, ones do. Yeah, but so Homecoming, we're like yeah, fifty-three we're minutes going, into this. We're and going we're off on various barely superheroes. like this is quickly just turning cheek. into a this is quickly turning into a real podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, might just have to be one superhero <laughs> cast. Um, but so homecoming. So it starts homecoming. kind of with like this like weird vlog version of Civil War, like yeah. just snippets of it, which I actually found incredibly endearing because it kind yeah. of it set up the character really well. I mean, Civil, might even pave the way for his photography career. I, I hope. I he's, hope he was. They're probably not going to do that because now he's involved with Stark and yeah. everything. Like he was I actually to us as YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I actually legitimately hope they don't even touch on his photography career, apart from like maybe a little bit here and there, because like that was such a bad arc for him. Because it's you get mired in it. There's no dynamism to taking photos occasionally of Spider-Man of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's no part of what there's no work. real direction to go with it as far as a job goes. If anything, yeah. they could just have a twist of that every now and then. Spider-Man will intentionally make a video to release publicly for, you know, like, 
PR purposes or like awareness purposes related to yeah. what's going on. Because I, I'd actually be because everyone more has interested. cameras now all the time. Yeah, I'd be way more interested if he actually kept doing the vlog thing as kind of like a side thing that you see every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and because you, you still have Spider-Man said, like, holding Spider-Man. a camera just without the dumb explanation that doesn't fit this yeah. new setting. Well, yeah, they say I... Spider-Man on YouTube. So like, I almost would uh would be totally down with the idea of him being like kind of a a covert YouTuber for Spider-Man videos and stuff like that. I thought it was hey, more everyone, like Spider-Man people here. were <laughs> taking videos of him and then like posting yeah, them online. I mean, but... it, it totally could be that. But the idea of like, it would fit really well in terms of... Uh, Fighting crime. Well, I, I think it would just fit well into like how the uh, how Spider-Man is just set up. I mean, I suppose with YouTubers and stuff, I mean, there are so many YouTube channels dedicated to journalism. I mean, yep. it is... So sort of like it's something I don't know if they're going to keep with it, but I I'd rather they, they should go, go with the... full bore fucking into it, go even further <laughs> into YouTube. Next movie has like Philip DeFranco's weekly take on the Spider-Man video and like <laughs> like <laughs> straight up like two real elements of, of being on YouTube. I always get weirded out when they Spider-Man like... drama. <laughs> I always get weirded out in movies where they hire like Wolf Blitzer to do like a an announcement based on like whatever's happening yeah. in the movie. I'm like, or okay, you, just make just make up your own like dude. Or yeah, you have Bill O'Reilly or John Stewart or what's the what's the really clean cut guy with the white hair that shows up a lot actually? Oh yeah, it starts with an A. I oh, think. um, Anderson Cooper. Anderson, Anderson Cooper, Cooper shows up a lot in movies yeah. usually. What do some of these people know that they're being hired to do like? a parody of themselves or a joke at their own expense sometimes i'm fairly certain they do i mean obviously like colbert john stewart and probably anderson cooper are well, no, like for that. when anderson cooper and john stewart and stuff go on they're just there to literally report the news usually and it's literally like uh they're just saying the headline and then it cuts away and that's it but okay. when they have like certain like right-wing talk show type people show up like they're playing it. They literally play a parody of themselves based on how the script is written. And I'm like, I don't know if they do they know and are they cool with that <laughs> or did they I mean, get like bamboozled or like like when now, like there, there's been weird instances of that over the years. It's strange. This is one thing I've always wondered if it will happen or is if it, if it ever has happened. But you know how there are numerous uh, films where the president shows up and they've had like, you know, just the mysterious, you know, Mr. President, you have a someone on the line for you, and, and you just like see like some a hand vague reach out, white dude, or something. Well, it's just like a hand that reaches out, and I remember in some movies, didn't they actually have someone in, in ter- like impersonate the Bush accent or something? Like, yeah. sometimes they try well, to in like, include, some, yeah, like sometimes the, you impersonate them. Sometimes they're a silhouette. Sometimes they're just a hand or someone talking to like the Oval Office. Sometimes you just cast some random oldish dude that looks kind of nice in a suit like he just seems he just seems clean and presidential and you you just call him the president has there ever been like a real president that has allowed themselves to have a cameo in a film i don't know can you i wonder yeah i'm not actually sure people would accuse you of like misusing your time yeah yeah i'm sure it would be a pr nightmare also like you also can't film in the oval office yeah, right. There are there are like a hundred fake Oval Offices around the around the country. <laughs> yeah, I don't I wonder if I they don't sell know. misleading replicas. Or we something. have a lot of presidents that have been in movies before and after being president, like yeah. Reagan. Yeah, and Trump. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's really weird watching him in like WrestleMania videos and you're like, this is our president. This is yep. a weird remember, thing to reconcile sometimes. <laughs> like I remember watching The Apprentice with my family because they love the reality television shows. And I and I and I'm in California, so I have an in, <laughs> I have an interesting experience with having strange people r- controlling the local area that I'm used to watching in action movies. You mean like Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was our I had, I'm like this is I don't understand. <laughs> I have I can't actually reconcile this. I've actually uh lived in two states uh specifically i believe this is the case uh two states governed by uh previous predator actors didn't jesse ventura yeah jesse ventura and arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) uh both became governors of different states which i mean for all intents and purposes i heard they were actually decent at it so i don't know i think it makes me wonder how many more celebrities Ooh. will become the president, or if presidents will be I, uh, celebrities. Per- well, actually, personally, I, I hope we talk more about Spider-Man. Holy Spider-Man. Shit. I, I'm just, I'm just wondering if there ever will be a president to show up in a superhero movie. I hope just, not. I think, I think that would be a political nightmare. <laughs> I somehow went through eight years of Schwarzenegger being governor without ever fully sinking in that he was in fact governor. <laughs> yeah, I never accepted it. Not even for political reasons. It just didn't feel real. It felt like Terry Crews is the president in Idiocracy, like that, like kind of stuff. It didn't <laughs> feel real. Point, I forgot that was Terry Crews. Are yeah, people Terry really Cruz. aware of like how their mayors or their governors or whatever really work within their states? I don't ever remember them you doing much aside from giving speeches on TV. You don't. You generally don't hear about a uh, governor unless they're doing something bad. So, like specifically in Kansas, our governor is kind of unpopular because his financial ideas have backfired pretty bad and i I specifically heard about romney a lot in post because he was running for president but he had been governor of massachusetts like shortly before so it's just like okay uh these are these are like kind of things to note and i actually had to like read up on him it's Um, so weird thinking that i'm in kansas i've been a new yorker all my life I guess this is not a Spider-Man spoiler cast. This is just a podcast. Oh, yeah, but uh, hey, everyone, yeah, Spider-Man is a source to, of New York pride. I literally don't podcast. know what to call this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We have spent so little time talking about Spider-Man. They're like, well, I'm like, do I actually, call this a normal episode and just say Spider-Man spoilers? But then, then it won't be in the so, playlist for the spoiler cast. I, <laughs> like, I, w- I was going to say, I think the problem with Homecoming <laughs> is you almost can't talk about it without talking about the context of it. It's too tight because, into so many things that, like... It's well, part of the larger universe thing. It's part of the licensing problem. It has a multiple director issue, multiple failed trilogies thing going on. Okay, it has multiple guys. incarnations to discuss well, about your background with finish, Spider-Man. Can I finish my thing before you start rubbing me so you can get your point in, Shell? I, I was just saying that we could find him. <laughs> if and we then, ask specific- And then she talks anyway. <laughs> she really doesn't care what I have she to say half the time. Like, you're like, can I please yeah. finish saying the thing? You're like, I'm going yeah. to talk anyway. <laughs> You literally responded by just talking anyway. So, <laughs> with Spider-Man, like like you said, it's interconnected to those things. But also, like, very specifically, Spider-Man Homecoming is, like, a, I would say an unequivocally good movie. Like, there's nothing particularly truly amazing about it, but it's, like, actually enjoyable and decent and whatnot. I just want to point and, out how often we get comments that are, like... I feel bad about how often Shell gets talked over and then <laughs> remind I don't. Them this is like a reminder. I, with her. I know how this <laughs> works. Like, this is why. <laughs> well, the thing is, I act all remorseful and sad. Yeah, afterwards. you play the victim in a weird, like, sarcastic, 
like pl- you like you're playing like what are you doing you're like in people's heads and manipulating them and it's working <laughs> finish your thoughts i'm sorry she's adorable it's like feeling bad for a for a puppy that's like fell over people fall for it a lot it did it to itself but you still can't help but feel bad bad for it now you guys are being mean a little bit you interrupted me <laughs> vengeance so I, I think the main point I'm trying to make uh, before I let Shell talk is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is an unequivocally good, unequivocally good movie. And, like, kind of no matter what you talk about, like, within it, it kind of doesn't matter in terms of the overall connotations of, like, they actually managed to make a Spider-Man movie that will fit in a chronology that doesn't suck. And yeah. I think that's an incredibly positive thing. So, like, yeah, we can talk about the Vulture. We can talk about, like, this Spider-Man. But it's just like, oh, no, it was actually, like, a decent movie. And it's kind of better to talk about why it being a good movie is important. It, than is, actually... a, it is a victory of sorts for the character. And, like, yeah, if you liked the first two Sam Raimi movies and most people didn't like the third one, like, at this point, you, you have to accept, like, there's a, a lot of people, at least, if they, I mean, opinions are all over the place. But it, if you're lining up the way, same way I am, then it's like there's been more bad movies in the middle than the good ones at the beginning since there was last a good one. Like, there was two good ones, then three bad ones in a row. Like, it's been e. so long since a decent Spider-Man movie came out. E. It's yeah. It's been rough. And they actually did it, they used, they, have, they did a, a good job, surprisingly, using uh, Civil War as like a Spider-Man homecoming trailer. Basically, yeah, mm-hmm. like in oh, a way yeah. that in way that, in a way that didn't work with Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman, which just felt like a weird, awkward inclusion in Batman vs Superman, and yeah, she was just sort of shoved in there, and yeah, yeah, but like Spider Man, oh. we you saw Spider Man in in a Civil War, and like I'm gonna see that Spider Man movie now, <laughs> like I'm yeah, gonna go see that movie. <laughs> honestly, he was my favorite part of Civil War because he just he slotted in really well. He was just mm-hmm. this like kid that. Iron Man was like, hey, I need you to specifically, like, just delay them. I don't need you to fight. I don't need you to hurt anybody. Just steal a shield and buy me as much time as you can possibly get. And ultimately, like, it failed. But it was just, it was super endearing seeing this kid brought on uh, specifically so, like, uh, Captain America couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't just go full out. And it even largely made sense why it was there. Because, like, yeah, they were just grabbing... The two sides were just scaling up and grabbing more people, basically. It's like, yeah, we got Ant-Man. It's like, well, we got Spider-Man. It's like, who are either of these people? It's like, well, we're fucking... (laughs) We're reaching at this point because the main squad is already accounted for. And we're trying to overpower the other group. And so they're they're both... both, uh, So both sides had trump cards, basically, where where they're throwing out cards like that. Mm Ant-Man and Spider-Man were on opposite sides, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. That's that's one yeah. of the problems with super with uh Civil War being a single movie is that it's hard to remember what the breakdown of sides was for certain characters. Yes. Well, especially cuz a lot of the characters weren't even opposed. Like even Hawkeye yeah. kind of admitted in the middle of it is like, I mean, I'm opposed to you, but like this is mostly just me helping out because yeah. I ideologically agree with him more than you, but I'm like still your friend. Now, did Panther start off for Iron Man's side, but then Yeah. T- it gets it gets complicated. Well, so yeah. uh, specifically, Black Panther thought that uh, Winter Soldier had killed his father. father. Yeah. And so uh, when he finally finds out that he's been duped, he's super apologetic and he realizes that Captain America's 
you know, and help store him away. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, things so where I'm like, actually really you'd be better at. The story would work better if you could slowly introduce every single character and their motivations and what side they're on and why and so on over the course of like multiple movies or a television series or you know, say comic books, for example, where everyone's yeah, a main it... character of their own comic and has their own established character that you understand at that point, as opposed to like just throwing Spider-Man and Black Panther and other people just into the mix with Vision and so on. You're like, I don't know who anyone is anymore. But yeah, uh, they I think least... they made the. They were at least self-aware enough to be, to be like like we're still friends, right? When like Black Widow and Hawkeye yeah. are fighting, it's like uh, that. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, and then just like kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was super super endearing. Uh, I actually also thought it was really nice that specifically in in Civil War, Spider Man arguably was the one that get hurt the most because I thought that was kind of a nice uh, turning point for a lot of characters where it's just like oh shit. You know, this is getting real, and the unassociated side character is the one that's Spider-Man getting... did nef- definitely did not get hurt the most. Uh, I, during that, like, fight between both groups, did it, uh, he got hit real hard. It is unequivocally... It is, like, the whole point of the scene is that the big bad wound that happens is War Machine. Oh. He gets was crippled. <laughs> but that was that was beforehand. That was, like, no, way that was beforehand. No, that was how the fight ends. No. The fight ends that with War Machine being crippled, and I was like, oh, we've made a mistake. And that's, like, what oh, stops shit. the fight. Yeah, I, that's, like, I had the forgotten about point. that because... Yeah. Well, so you part forgot of it about is, it because it's War Machine, and he doesn't matter. Because wasn't it... <laughs> yeah, was it Ant-Man well, had become mini, went on War Machine's armor, was going to sabotage it? Well, he and, did sabotage it, and then he crashed in a field elsewhere, which is why I'm having but, trouble but with it. But didn't Iron Man War also Machine, have a missile flying at him, and that missile hit him? Like War Machine's just the character from the not as good Iron Man movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. He, the Don Cheadle movie was was Iron Man two basically, and that was a while ago now too. So people have like largely yep. forgotten about that, and that was awkward too because they recast him. Like yeah. that's not the oh, black guy that was in the last remember? movie. I had like, forgotten. They're just hoping we won't forget. Remember black people or something? Like they just replaced him with a different one and, and didn't mention. <laughs> well, it. wasn't it Cuba Gooding fair, Jr. or something? Maybe. I, to be fair, prior he wasn't like a really remarkable character, so they could kind of get away with it. Yeah, they just introduced I mean, him briefly. I, it's like how I, I think it's the president or some other character has been replaced like seven. No, it's a. Uh, if you look up the credit for Tony Stark's father, then he's played yes. by like four different actors in the Marvel universe already between the show and different flashbacks across the movies because they just change him every time. Yeah, because. <laughs> I, I almost kind of want them to that to be like a thing where like Tony Stark's super unreliable memory due to you know <laughs> doesn't even remember what all his the drinking looks like. and whatnot. Yeah, that he I like I actually really he has a mustache. That's to all he needs that. to know. Yeah, he's got a mustache and he's vaguely authoritarian. And Tony Stark kind of loves hates him. And I want them. I want Terrence that to actually Howard. God damn it. be a detail. Oh yeah, I remember that damn name. It. What did you screw up? Like, it's like, well, I think we're not going to notice different black people. And it's like, oh, and then I named the wrong black person. <laughs> Oops. It was Terrence Howard. I had the right Here- na- face in my, main, in my mind, though. I just mixed up names. That was a bad... I mean... That was not good. Uh, I Ultimately, I wouldn't feel too guilty about that because they, like, the movies themselves haven't given the guy enough screen time to, like, solidify him as a character, much less as the actor related to the character. Like, I it's hard to I remember him separate- being replaced better than I remember him being in the first movie. <laughs> Yeah. I just remember being like, that's Don Cheadle. He looks really, really, really different. Mm-hmm. I, Don Cheadle's I really say, recognizable. I really like the fact that, uh, like, what they've done with the Falcon. Because he was such a no-name. Like, he was a, the equivalent of, like, the hero version of the Spider-Man's Vulture. 
And he was like such a weird no-name character in the comics. And now he's actually kind of like a mainline adventure. And I'm like, yeah, I like I like this yeah, guy. And he he's, flies a he bit. Actually, yeah, he flies. But like, he, I mean, I guess he's kind of like and, and he's another version of Hawkeye. He's also another character that came from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was actually an important movie for the series, but like for yeah, for a lot of people, it's like it just blended into Civil War. Oh, and it's like it absolutely they're did. Dis- they're two separate, discrete movies that are both like two and a half hours long. So the question that I was like going to pose a long time ago, okay. uh, like so, what was your favorite side character, or um, that aside from like Spider Man himself being the main protagonist? What was your favorite like sort of sidekick character? In this new movie, and what were your favorite in scenes? Spider Man, so many sidekick like, characters Hulk are there to pick from. Okay. Uh, well, you know his his good friends the, from like the competition. The um, I mean his aunt, uh, the villains. The ants in the movie I, for like, like one minute. Yeah. Eh. I absolutely hated the like nerdy side character friend just because I know kids like that. <laughs> I grew up with kids like that, but. That's... And I had flashbacks to them being equally annoying and useless in times of, like, actual crisis. And I'm like, Aww. no. This got but mean. He's... Sorry. <laughs> I, I had a friend. He was super good-natured, wonderful kid, but he did not know at all, like, when when his filter should stop. So, like, a guy broke his leg. And he just stands around cracking jokes and is, like, uncomfortably close to the people that are actively trying to, like, you know, get the guy off of his broken leg. And it's just like, uh... Move! I like don't stop screwing around. A fair comparison, to Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> it's the same personality, which is why I didn't like him. Like it, but, the, the but same kind of the, like mannerisms and whatnot. He's the kind of good influence that oh, will keep Peter Parker and him inside their apartment, making the Death Star in Lego form. Come he's, on, he's not going to be like oblivious to threats that are actually that he actually understands or anything like that. He is just like hype and teenager. <laughs> I, I guess I specifically Seriously. remember the like. Also, uh, he just found out that his best friend was the hero on YouTube. Like, yeah. come on. No, it's true. I, I guess I'm specifically thinking of the uh, the trope where like Spider Man's like sneaking up and then his phone starts ringing. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, to some degree, that's that's Sounds Peter's fault damn for having phone. that. But yeah, I'll also I get a, had a better ringtone ring on my phone for like 15 years. <laughs> I actually ran into something last week. I have my phone completely on silent. But apparently, if I've got my music player open, somebody calls me. Oh, uh, your music plays, and then the you know the call goes through, and then stops, or you know I just don't pick up. Then the music starts playing because it's like, oh, it's time to resume. So like we're oh. woken up the other morning because it's, uh, it's some spam callers like your power bill, and I'm like, fucking, I I don't live in Massachusetts anymore. I my Massachusetts power bill is non-existent. Also, you never have them because you. your parents also that. always paid it. Also that. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Just yeah. the, the detail that didn't need to be added. <laughs> um, geez, we're, we're talking about sidekick. I, side I don't know. I, yeah, I can't answer your question. I have no idea what the other sidekick you'd be talking about besides the oh. one sidekick. Well, I thought that it was interesting that they introduced... Well, first off, I was surprised that there was a Michelle character... In in the movie, and you know she was sort of a like sort of quiet punkish girl who also drew. She she would like draw people in detention. Are you referring to yourself in the third person when you say Michelle pers- person? No, or there, no, there's a character no, named, named Michelle. Michelle. The curly haired girl that drew him during detention, who yeah. 
at the Spoiler very end time of the movie is actually MJ. is actually Mary yeah. Jane. Yeah. I but thought up, that was up, nice. Up, I thought that well, was a nice handling. Not Mary Jane. The the creators have been like, no, she's not Mary Jane, but she's still an MJ because she's a Michelle Jones. Well, but I I they can try <laughs> to obscure it all they want. She is going to be the analog <laughs> for call her MJ. Yeah, she yeah. is going to be the analog for for Mary Jane. Yeah, MJ. But a cool I mean, it's one solution if you don't want to rename, a, if you don't want to quote unquote recast a character, but you still want to have Spider Man get in a relationship with somebody that they call MJ, I guess. Yeah. I also kind of appreciated the fact that she didn't seem like helpless or just kind of ditzy. They went with the kind of like all too aware. She nonchalantly kind of wins them the competition. Character. Yeah. <laughs> she was mostly just barely in the movie. Yeah. She, she really wasn't, which is kind of unfortunate, but like. I don't know. I guess I appreciated it better than just having the classic uh, love interest being, you know, the redhead. They had a couple scenes. Model chick. With, with the detention, with the, um, like, didn't, like, Spider-Man land next to her or something weird? And was, he was like, oh, sorry, what's going on up there? Like, kind of thing. That was interesting. For the Yeah, Washington yeah, she, she told them where they were. Other things. Also appreciated that the uh, love interest for Homecoming specifically was it, also kind of an atypical character. The handling of her being the villain's daughter was, a, was yeah. great. Yeah, they didn't go with the Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, it was great. The reveal for that was amazing. The villain's uh, Shell, great too. Shell I, I, thought I, that the vulture had actually kidnapped the whole family, and I was just like, "No, I saw this coming from the very beginning. He's the dad. Oh. And it's amazing." Well, as soon as he's like, "Hey, come in, Peter," kind of thing, I was like. Uh oh! Is this no? It isn't a trap. He's just like no, cutting food at not, the cutting board and it's everything. It's not a is trap it? because he doesn't know who he is. Right. The only right. person having a revelation when that door opens is Peter Parker. Nobody else has any realizations until later about what's going on. That was one of my on. favorite parts in the movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, it was, like, and the the villain himself is great because he's just some like blue collar worker that is like got just screwed being over. screwed over completely. So he's like, well, I see an opportunity. And you know, just things kind of escalated naturally, and you have, and like you can see, you can you can see, like you can fill in the gaps about how he got where he is because he didn't just decide to be evil or and, and do horrible things. He decided to do one shady thing because he was getting screwed over by other people, and it was something that wasn't going to hurt anybody in the moment because it was literally just keeping something he already had, and it wasn't didn't belong to anyone in the first place because it was space junk. So he's like, I'm just going to secretly hold on to this and then escalate from there a little bit. But then he keeps doing little tiny escalations where, like, instead of instead of an all or nothing question of, like, am I willing to be the vulture, like, up front? It's more like, no, am I willing to am I willing to take this next step and this next step? And then eventually, 10 years later, you can see how he would be what he is. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really well handled because he was. Was it 10 years later? Yeah. It was, oh. Well, it wasn't ten years later. It was like multiple years it said, though. It said eight or ten or something like that. Old, yeah, it was long like enough time? that it was like half of the lifespan of this character playing Spider Man. Is yeah. how long he's been been the Vulture now. Ah, and and you see, like, of course he'd want to be able to maintain his like family's lifestyle and stuff. That was a really nice house. I don't know what kind of area of New York City that would have been in. Because yeah, they were making they were maintaining the like like the the uh, the Avengers movie happened five years ago now. And I think yeah. more time has passed in universe than in real life, actually. Which is cool, because I I like the idea that time is passing. Unfortunately, eventually, they're going to have to address... Gonna die. 
Yeah, yeah. Iron Man getting I mean, old. They don't have to worry about Thor. They could potentially say, oh, the Hulk is radioactive and maybe not going to get too old. Well, um, no, he's talking about how the actors are going to age. Yeah, like oh, eventually. The actors, the actors get, will you get, eventually you get, age. You get the Hugh Jackman problem where they decide to later do prequels. And then in the prequels, yeah. he looks older than in the sequels later. No, I was just trying to address the whole time passing faster in universe than outside of it. No, it's well, just more like of- that they have a concise universe planned. Like that's, yeah. Like on one hand, it's crushing and horrible to look at the nightmare spreadsheet of all the future movies that are already like pre-planned for decades for Marvel movies, and it's just like it's scary. Also, what <laughs> happens if someone dies? Machine operated the whole thing. They'd probably have to recast them unless it's too it's, important yeah, yeah. of a character. Well, chan- chances are they'll either recast them if it's someone really important like Captain America. Or 3D model them and then have them die gracefully somehow. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the opposite. You recast them if they're not as important. But if they're, if they're too important, you have to, because of the how... You yeah. have to kill them all. Because Did- of how actor-driven the universe is with Robert Downey Jr. and stuff. Like, if, if he died, you can't recast No, you can't Iron continue Man. with Iron Man. You have well, to, like, come up with a reason why Iron Man's gone now or do a standalone CG scene, or which is easy because well, he's in an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'd, have they- to, you'd have to kill the character at that point. Haven't they thrown around the idea of, I know that in some iterations, like the Ant-Man has had, what, three or four different uh, people donning the suit? I mean, it's possible yeah, that... Yeah, you can't do that with Iron Man. Iron Man doesn't America. have a replacement, though. No. Well, he does. It's Bucky Barnes. Bucky? Uh, for quite a while, uh, Bucky Barnes was actually Captain America. After Captain America oh. got shot at the end of Civil War, but I instead think, he was actually... I said Iron Man. Well, yeah. I was going to say, sorry, Captain, Amer- Cap- Captain America had like a replacement and eh, whatever. Okay. It'd but does like, Iron Man it, have a replacement? It, it's like, how, machine, it's like how Batman really. knew. Batman knew not to recast the Joker when, when yeah. Heath Ledger died. Like you can't, you just have to just move on. <laughs> like you can't try to replace that 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 character with a different actor at that point because the whole the actor was the reason why people cared about that character. I think part of it is also like if the role wasn't filled well, you can kind of get away with it. Like with all the Spider Mans, you can keep recasting Spider Man for ages, but now that he is so firmly ensconced himself yeah. in the chronology in the series, if the actor whose name I. I have no idea who it's, the current actor is because names are stupid. It, it's more uh, like you can replace like Glider Man or Vision, yeah, the fi- or Iron can, yeah. or War Machine or Scarlet Witch or something. Like you can get away with re- recasting the characters that were never super important, even in the movies they were in. But like, but if, like, but if it's the mo- if if it's the actor that's the reason people watch the movie, then you're screwed. Yes. Um. Yeah, so going into this one, because I'd never seen the Spider-Man actor in anything else, it I helped. It, it did help like establish them as sort of like the new version at, of the At character. the same time, I'd seen Robert Downey Jr. in quite a number of things, and I could very easily just accept him as Iron Man. It, I didn't need to see him in things beforehand. I'd only ever seen him in Tropic Thunder, and that was after. He was amazing in Ad- Tropic Thunder. <laughs> But uh, I hadn't really been exposed to any Robert J- Downey Jr. films. This so. actor has not been in much. The he's been Spider-Man in like a, actor? Yeah, he's been like in like a couple movies before. 
No, notably, he's in a movie that I bring up every now and then because I found it to be really cool. There's a movie called Locke that stars Tom Hardy. It's the, mm-hmm. I've, I've mentioned it before, I think. It's the one where he literally is just sitting in a car driving on the freeway talking on the phone for the entire movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, so one of the voices on the phone is the guy that goes on to play Spider-Man. <laughs> and that was in 2014. Aside from that, he's been in like four things, and one of them's like the UK dub of something. So it's like that's like wow, that's he's a he's a dub artist for something. Uh, it's the movie Ariety, Secret World of Ariety. Ariety. Yeah, he's is, is the, it... he's he played show in the UK dub. Uh, okay. So like Wait, so there's an American role. dub and a Apparently. UK dub? I thought. Yeah. Uh... Apparently, yeah. Because well, yeah, everything we ever did in English never has like any sort of european accents ever really but but Except for xenoblade chronicles which was amazing this xenoblade dude's, chronicles this dude's set though because you look at his imd you look at his wiki and like it starts with captain america civil war and that's actually in the upper third of his listed movies already because of how many yeah. movies he's in now because he's in captain america civil war spider-man homecoming uh infinity war the unnamed avengers film that is no longer called infinity war i think but also, he's in, like, five other movies from 2016 to 2019 already. <laughs> like, already mm-hmm. scheduled or done and stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, you get, sucked into, you get sucked into Marvel and you're kind of set just in terms of, like, those contracts. Yeah. So, he'll be, yeah, we'll Ari be seeing him more. Yeah, was a Ghibli more, film. Which is good. We'll be seeing him for a while now. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the Vulture. I love that he's, like, this this grounded character where I could see how he got where he got and stuff, even if I don't agree with, obviously, with things <laughs> going on in the, in the character, being the villain and whatnot. And I like that he was, he's just a bank robber with the jetpack, basically, as far, like, which yeah. is what superhero, that's what Spider-Man villain should be. Like, this yeah. one uses mind tricks on people, and this one is mad at it, at this one's terrorizing things because he's testing out a new weapon because he wants to get revenge on this guy that screwed him out of like a freaking research grant or something like that's that's how petty a lot of the spider-man villains are yeah and the interesting thing for me too was i grew up watching the original batman and michael keaton was batman and then he was birdman and now he's the vulture yeah <laughs> there's also fun nods with the uh with shocker and vulture having costumes that are reminiscent of their actual costumes because vulture had the fur like poof around his neck yeah. and everything and mm-hmm. shocker was wearing clothes that looked like if somebody was like i want to have like he's like a disc he looked like a discount uh he looked like a discount cosplay of the shocker character because the shocker character is that weird yellow and gold fishnet nightmare creature like yeah yep he looks bizarre and, and but he has you look a at huge his- mask with lightning bolts coming off of it yeah but you look at shocker and homecoming and it's like oh they actually they got a lot of it in there actually yeah i'm trying to bring up an image for it uh it was like a weird like discount tom hardy then it was really distracting how much i thought he was maybe tom hardy but he wasn't which is really confusing but he's wearing <laughs> uh he's wearing a brown he's wearing like a brown vest which is where the shocker brown part would be and then his uh no i think it's a just a jacket basically but it was those jackets that have like the, the it's those jackets you see everywhere where it has the zigzag sewing on the sleeves specifically that have like the mm-hmm. the padding tri- uh diamonds everywhere and that part was the gold part so it's like oh he has like it looked that's the same visual pattern as the fishnet weirdness that is the shocker's visual design i'm like oh look they just Straight up put the shocker in this movie and yeah, uh, for, well, for a little bit. 
Part of it with the costume design that they do in the new films is if you've noticed, everything's become darker, more desaturated and stuff. Part of it's the aesthetic that they use nowadays. Another part is because if you had all those gaudy colors from the comic books, it would just... Well, uh. I, I think that's actually kind of an interesting point is a lot of the villains recently, I guess, for the Marvel movies, if they're not one of the supernatural people, if they're like a regular person from Earth... It almost feels like most of them are actually regular dudes, which is a weird contrast. Because, like, you know, the Vulture, he had space tech, but he was just a dude that, like, repurposed it. He was on a construction crew. The most so high-tech had... thing he had was, were the wings and the helmet. Yeah, but, like, even then, they well, looked there was like... the murder gun. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah, was there was yeah. the murder gun. <laughs> but I mean, the for, like, costume elements. But, like, visually and aesthetically, he looked much closer to Earth tech than, say, Spider-Man's tights. Um uh, and it, I'm, I'm assuming this is a very, like, intentional thing. But, like, uh, you know, Loki was bright and colorful and whatever, whereas the villain from uh, Civil War, that, that dude that was on, like, a mission of vengeance, he was just a guy in, like, totally regular clothes for the most part. What guy? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. He was very <laughs> unmemorable. But... That was actually uh, the point, too. Like, some people get mad about that in Civil War, about how, like, the villain was a nobody and stuff like that, and Andrew that gets was the really point. mad he about that. He had to that. be... In- he had to be a nobody to succeed yeah. in his role. Because at the beginning of Civil War, they specifically establish uh, Iron Man's motivation being, like, here's this one character. Because you have, you have the woman that's talking about, like, their their family member that died or something like that. And, like, and like they are the tiny people that are getting crushed in all of these struggles. And that's mm-hmm. what shakes Robert Downey Jr.'s character. And that's why, that's why Tony Stark is in favor of the Registration Act in that movie like that's the scene that shakes him and it, the villain of the movie was also another character who had a similar uh thing like it was another character that was uh, that was that was sort of swept up in all the stuff going on like all these giant struggles happening affect people and the, and they're just people but they they but that that guy showed that he's capable of of uh he's basically capable of fighting back against this this situation even if it's probably not the best idea. Well, I mean, he he himself even admitted it. It's like, I don't... My goal isn't to fight you at all. My goal is simply to get you to destroy yourselves. Uh-huh. Which I thought was neat. I don't know. Didn't they imply that he was some kind of villain that was recognizable? Didn't he have a mask? Nope. Or something weird? No, I, no? I think he actually was a totally standalone character. I could be wrong about this, but... I thought there was like a gold mask sitting around somewhere. No, he's a he's an existing character from the Marvel comics. If you look up his name, uh, yes. then you like you get an actual villain from uh from Marvel comics, but I never remember who it is. <laughs> I'd I'd have to look up like records to even find out what his name was in the movie where he was the villain. But I I like that better about about uh Civil Wars. It wasn't what I hate about Marvel movies is that they often end with like a gibberish fight where I don't care. <laughs> where like the the villain and the protagonist are fighting and just hitting is happening everywhere and it's dark and it's not really that clear what's happening but also like watching superheroes and supervillains fight or is often like really boring because like it's just two super strong things hitting each other until one of them arbitrarily loses all of a sudden you know and then it's over and it usually takes too long and it's loud and like 
usually doesn't have interesting things happening on the screen to justify the time being spent on it. Like, it's not like choreographed cool kung fu scenes or anything. It's just like, Hulk hit Yellow Hulk, and Yellow Hulk hit Green Hulk, and <laughs> building fall over. It's dark now. Which one's yellow? Which one's green? I don't know. It's too dark. Oh, I guess the Hulk one. What a surprise. Like, I, I hated the Hulk movies. Uh, yeah, they were boring. Uh, yeah. And didn't they have so many reboots of that, too? Because they had one with yeah. Norton. And yeah, then well, the the one in the Marvel movies is a third incarnation of Hulk in the last ten years. Yeah, I really rough. like Ruffalo. Though he was the prototype for Spider Man because failed reboot, yeah. or failed, failed series, failed reboot. Just put him in let's another just, movie. Just yeah, put, let's just, just put him in an, an Avengers movie. I'm actually really glad that he's almost just kind of there, just like show Hawkeye. Up in Thor. Yeah, I'm so excited for Thor because every time I watch the trailers and you just see like Mark Ruffalo with that like dumb expression on his face standing around. I know him from work. Yeah, and like everybody else is in like sci-fi armor and looking like they belong and he's just still in his outfit Because it's the Asgardians. Also, Goldblum is going to be the, uh, what was it? The Game Master? Uh, Yeah, I think so. But it's just... uh, it's just super cool looking having this like Hulk character that is really just some random nerdy dude that hulks out occasionally. Yeah, like there's mm-hmm. but there's there's a point that's brought up really well by I think it was actually the Plinket reviews for the Star Wars prequels and stuff like that where like they talk about how like fights oh, should Plinket. be like to the fights should exist to convey an idea. They should be part of the story specifically. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like when you have Luke just, like, wailing away and beating Vader into submission and just, like, he's just angrily swinging down over and over again in Return of the Jedi until he, fi- until he finally the takes down side. Vader and, he and like, you're thinking that maybe Luke's going to the dark side and it's just an angry person And the symbolism of pummeling. him cutting off his hand. Yeah, like, there's so many scenes like that that all, like, the fights convey an idea and there's a re- they fit a part of the story and something's happening and you can tell what's happening and then... When, the, when they're done conveying the idea, like, you move on. As opposed to Star Wars Episode Three, Luke, uh, not Luke, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin fight and on a lava Ron. planet for, like, half an hour. Like, it's just, they're just fighting and fighting. And it's like watching Advent Children at some point, where it's just fight scenes for the sake of fight scenes, and that's the entire movie. And, like, mm-hmm. Marvel movies and most superhero movies have a tendency to just have, like, these really disappointing scenes where they're just, action's just gonna happen for a while, and it's just not that interesting. And I can I can do action for action's sake, sake, but if it's not going to serve the story, then at least have like really cool stuff happening during the scenes that's really memorable and like really cool things happening. Like like uh the raid redemption is like a really cool like I think it was Malaysian martial arts movie that mm-hmm. has like a really cool choreography where like they the a guy gets knocked through a door, the door splinters apart in different pieces, and there's little jagged pieces of door sticking out and like somebody does a backflip over someone's head in a way that drags their that makes them like like body plant slam backwards so that their neck lands on the jagged piece of door and like that's like that's creative stuff happening. There's a scene there's a fight scene that happens inside of a wall. <laughs> like that's cool shit. Mm-hmm. But Marvel movies like punch, 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 and like uh, the Wonder Woman movie ended that way too. Where like there's all this setup for the the final confrontation to happen, and then it's just like the most boring ever. I hit you really hard. No, you hit me really hard, and and it just sucks. And And then like like the I will just have to like, like, uh, it's one of those parts where you're like, oh. Your 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 energy is failing. You're about to lose, and then no, I have faith in myself. And yeah, and yeah. like that's 
what works for me is like in in Civil War, you have the spectacle fight, which is we're going to have all these different showdowns, but each individual showdown versus each pairing of characters is going to be like 15 seconds long practically. And it's going to show the one cool thing we want to like, here's Big Ant-Man and here's uh, Spider-Man taking the shield and here's Black Widow versus Hawkeye for a moment. Like it's just getting the stuff over with and showing the cool stuff and then moving on and then getting to like, oh, here's the consequences of this fight with a machine with War Machine was like, oh, this was a mistake. And that's like that's storytelling through a fight. And the same thing happens in the in the final fight, which is Bucky and uh, Captain America versus Iron Man. And like they're, they're ripping apart his suit and like all this stuff's going down and like and the ripping apart of the suit also means a lot based on how uh, the suit was treated in Iron Man three and and his relationship with the suit and what it means to him. And that which also plays into how he talks about whether or not spider like Spider-Man needing the suit and stuff like that in Homecoming like mm-hmm. that that's all influenced by the character growth that happens in Iron Man three. And like this is all storytelling in boss fights, and that's what I mean, and boss fights. There's all storytelling <laughs> in, fight, in fight scenes, and why that's why it, it matters and it feels good. And similarly, like, like I don't remember Homecoming wasting my time with its fight scenes. Like, I thought it was hilarious when it didn't have that many. No, it didn't. There have that really many. wasn't. There's just there it, was... a lot of it was Vulture almost killing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, because there was the boat, there was the truck. Actually, most of the fights happened on vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man interferes with Vulture's final big heist, and then in the process of Vulture's oh, re- attempted response, the uh, the 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 glider is damaged, and like that, like he kind of like do- uh, like outdoes himself. And it's like I like some people will be like it, it will act like it's anticlimactic, but I'm like I I just the movie never wasted my time with a really boring scene. Like the mm-hmm. the, the conflict was a, like conflicts are, don't only take place in the form of fighting scenes like there's so many other ways to do conflict between characters even in superhero things because yeah, i mean superhero my... comics genuinely will write a whole comic about somebody talking somebody back from a ledge for from suicide like they're not just about fighting all the time my favorite and my least favorite scene is kind of one and the same with spider-man which is the extremely drawn out pre-homecoming thing which is spider-man coming up to the door Finding out the vultures, the uh, the guy yes. there standing around, more or less just awkwardly being like, Ugh! hopping in the car, being like, Ugh! and about the whole being like kept, and then in the being car. found out because he's such a shitty actor. And I want to <laughs> say that it this took just as much time, and I'm probably wrong, but I I it felt that to scene me might like have been took... as long as their entire final fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was so much more important because it set the stage between the two of them. And I hated it because it was so awkward. And I was just like, you moron, just act natural. (laughs) Even though it's been established, he can't. He literally can't. He was going on a date. Well, not a date, but, you know, to the dance with the girl that he's been pining after all this time. Finds out that the guy who's been selling contraband alien weaponry and nearly killed him and other innocent people multiple times is her father, and he has to awkwardly sit in the same car with him well, and his and the daughter. Like the perfect thing for uh, me in all of this is though, and she even yeah, well, I'm mentioned not sure why the Stark hates stuff. It, exactly. Well, I I hate awkward drawn out scenes. Like they make me really uncomfortable. Oh, because awkward you, silences it's make me uncomfortable. Wait, so you see the glorious bastards. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I I tried watching that movie. I think I made it about halfway that, that in. That shows like anxiety stop. simulator. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorite um, movies. But so, 
I, I think my favorite part about all of this, not only is it kind of the reveal and the like perfect. It also, like, he wasn't being an idiot. It was also that the girl was straight up revealing stuff in the scene that was going to give away who he was for somebody that right, knows like enough the, oh, about it. Like, yeah. oh, oh didn't, you're you, Stark didn't you mysteriously disappear during that one time that my father got foiled? Because she doesn't know he's Spider Man or that her father is Vulture, but she's like conveying the exact information in the scene that ruins everything for for Peter. Yep. But my favorite part, I guess the kind of ending favorite part is he gets to homecoming and then he just leaves. Like the entire point of homecoming. It's called homecoming. Yeah, it's lost. Yeah. He, he he throws it all away almost immediately to, go, you know, go do the right thing or whatever. But it was actually really cool to me that you have this like long predecessor to homecoming and it's like, yeah, you know. It's a bye. movie. Like, the movie's called Homecoming for two reasons, obviously, because it's a homecoming for the character into the actual Marvel Universe, finally. But also because, yeah, like, it's it's basically teasing you for the idea that the climax of the movie is going to take place at Homecoming. And then Homecoming comes, and he gives you this gargant... He gives him this huge ultimatum, like, you are going to step down and let me do everything I want to do, or I'm going to go after people you love. And, like... You, you expect, like, a conundrum scene, right? Like, you expect him to be, mm-hmm. like, uh, so torn. And, like, what am I going to do? And, oh, my God, like, do I do I do what's right, even if it can hurt the people I love? He doesn't even question it. He literally just, like, walks in and walks right back out the back door, like, without without breaking a, without breaking stride, basically. It's I like, feel oh, bad that, for the that's girl. Who, that's who this character is. That's, that's who this Spider-Man is. He doesn't even question oh, yeah. whether he's going to do the right I- thing. In all of it, I I really do feel bad for like the the daughter and the wife. And she I, got ditched yeah. by the guy that was taking her to the party, and her father gets arrested all in yeah, one so night. She oh, has yeah, so her life's across the country. Yeah, and it's actually one of those where, especially after the post credit scene, I actually hope almost the vulture comes back, not as a character or anything like that, but just kind of like a nod. He sometime he down actually, the line that he's like reformed and having a nice life out in Montana or wherever. He actually <laughs> spared. Peter there yeah. said, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I thought Go that was away. actually a, a really... Uh, I love movies where the villain is as sympathetic, if not more so, in at least some ways. Because it's like, yeah. their motivations make sense. They're not just evil for the sake of evil, ex- except for when that sometimes really works. I mean, he did save him from his greed. He was going to fly off with his jetpack and explode. What was the movie that we watched recently where the villain was completely meaningless and shitty? <laughs> I mean, I guess the arrival had those like soldiers that are like, we've been listening to a bunch of right wing talk radio and they're saying the aliens are here to kill us. So let's blow it up. Oh, the arrival. We were watching the arrival. There was like so little development in that that I was just like, I, I can't help but just be angry about how little attention they put into effectively. There the were no villains in turning that movie. Point conflict. No, in, in the arrival, the fear was just, I mean, the, the villain was just the general concept of like human fear. Yeah, I guess I, just the execution was just so, like, quick. Like, they had a couple of nods, like, these soldiers are maybe not exactly uh, in their right minds about all of this. And then, I, I don't know, there was no, like, build-up for, for any of that. I mean, part of what that movie highlighted was just how there wasn't a consensus. Humanity yeah. wasn't unified, and individuals, even within the same organization or army had opposing views and were going to act without... But then you have characters like the scientists who were actually stifled by the government and any of the um, program-like but, things that they were 
sort of laying out for them. They they couldn't do their job because like, of it. I understand that, but in that movie, there wasn't enough development to like any of those things. Mm-hmm. It, it almost felt kind of like, okay, let's go back to learning about language. Okay, let's let's, let's talk about why everybody's afraid of things. I thought they were going to spend more time with the aliens. Let's maybe lean further away from spoiling yeah. Arrival. Sorry. Yeah, I, I probably Sorry. shouldn't talk about that one specifically, but uh, it was the I'm only thing lo- I could think of. By the of. way, I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, Donald Glover play Prowler. Prowler? That's who he's playing in Spider-Man. His character's, oh. his char- the character's name that Donald Glover plays is Aaron Davis. Oh, that so is he, something so he's, that I totally so he's, missed. So he's the Prowler. I've actually oh, I've seen the Prowler they, before. They just hint at, yeah, he's the guy with the purple cape and the green clothes. And he's like a, he's a Master Thief character. And yeah, he's the guy that uh, is another sympathetic villain character because he cares about the neighborhood. And like, it's like the fact that his, like, he has family here. And is he, he like want stealing to be a from the rich, place. giving to the poor Here. kind of guy? Because he's the I'm he's, the, he's to... the guy that Spider Man sticks the hand to the trunk of. Yeah, because he was he was getting he was, he was there the to really get awkward weapons. like super deep voice like uh, interrogation mode. Yeah, because oh, first wait. he's he, first he's there to buy a weapon from Shocker, and Shocker's trying to sell him on like mega guns. He's like, dude, I just no. <laughs> this is basically what was happening in that scene. And then later on, he tells Spider-Man how to find them because he's like, I don't want that shit on the streets. Oh, like that's oh such an, I was getting that's confused. Escalation. I was thinking of Predator 2 Glover. Is this his son? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, his son's an actor. Oh, okay. Probably more famous. Actor. Yeah. I, I think uh, He's got a whole Donald show called Glover. Atlanta that's really good. Yeah, I think I want to say at this point, Donald Glover is, is more famous slash successful than his dad, but I could be wrong. That's, yeah, I don't know. Here, this actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love... He he does great work. Uh, by yeah. the way, I put in podcast chat an image for you. Um, yeah. I just want you to look at that thigh. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some bad... There's some really bad art of Prowler. <laughs> the, the, that, those quads. <laughs> that um... is the number... That is the image they chose for the Prowler for the Wikipedia page. My favorite <laughs> one... My favorite bad art is that one image of Superman's chest being so far out that somebody drew him naked afterwards to show you like what is what his body would have to look like to fit the profile of Superman's chest. What about the one where art. Captain America Are you, are was, you sure like, if that's Superman or It's Captain America has the It's really Captain bad America chest. you're thinking of. Oh, you're at Captain America's chest. Yeah. yeah. That's Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld does some amazing nonsense. Uh-huh. That was like a, Yeah, that was a completely not okay piece of art. Like that was some hot bullshit. He's got like a shelf on his chest like <laughs> I mean, have you ever just looked? If you Google you Captain, ever... if you if you Google Captain America chest, the first image result, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of Chris. There's a lot of Chris Evans, obviously, from the growth formula scene. But the first image result is this terrible piece of art we're talking about. Well, like I was going to say, okay. if you ever get the chance for anybody watching this, if you want a good laugh, just just Google image search Lee Field L I E F E L D, and you will just find How some amazing nonsense. Woman? Like, let's see what. Uh, no, what you need like, to look up is you need to look up a YouTube a good clip of Stan Lee uh, and Rob Leefield. And Stan Lee work. is just tearing into Rob Leefield on a on a video, and like it's a promotion. Like it's the there. It's like a Marvel like video that's like gonna go out there. Like it's supposed to be promoting something, and Stan Lee is like actively like throwing shade at Rob Leefield on the down low throughout the entire freaking video. And it's the best thing ever. Because Stanley is the snarkiest bastard, and he's been old for like fifty years. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This woman does not. Uh, this guy does not know how to draw women. 
Yeah, they have the tiniest waist, the largest rib cage. Well, actually, he just draws rib cages large in general. Let's see, it looks like it's uploaded on H Bomber Guy's channel as the top result, but it's a three minute, three and a half minute video that I'll, you'll have to watch later. That is just Stan Stanley being very aware of how garbage Lee Field is, basically, just to his face. <laughs> We're just looking at it's, Wikipedia. It's, or... Yeah, this is the trap of what talking about movies that are connected into multi franchise universe. Ah. Sorry. Yeah, but, I, but I, look, I look forward to seeing Aaron Davis in the sequel, especially since they have because they, this this movie had a sympathetic villain, and the next one already set up its next sympathetic villain. Unless Aaron, unless yeah. he's not the next villain or something. Yeah, but he's, he might almost be like this the midway villain. Maybe where he'll like, be Catwoman, like a side. Yeah, side well, anti-hero. That's, that's actually the point. He is supposed to be a crime lord slash anti-hero. Uh, for Spider-Man, I've seen the Prowler a couple of times, and he's never actually been opposed to Spider-Man, and Spider-Man generally leaves him alone. It's, um, yeah, it's the Catwoman thing, where it's like they're not generally like actively evil characters doing horrible things, but just they're doing illegal things, basically, yeah. which there is a difference. <laughs> it's not like they're not doing things that are right. It's just that everyone else is doing way, way worse shit, and they're doing stuff yeah. that involves who has money as opposed to who has life. <laughs> Mm -hmm. usually which hopefully. i think is cool but yeah, I, but yeah I had a I, ton of fun with spider-man i almost felt like i was cheating on edigrette a little bit because i'd saw like the day before i saw uh baby driver and i had more mm. fun in the theater with spider-man and I, huh. I was like it felt weird i'm like why am i having why am i more psyched about the spider-man movie than the edgar wright movie but i think that's because every every edgar wright movie is uh the best viewing is always the second time i watch each one yeah well more i think part of it is the marvel movies are are movies truly made to be enjoyable? Really fun, like, yeah. Yeah, like the Avengers movies, everything. Even when it's like kind of a little bit real, it then kind of goes back to being enjoyable. Um, and Spider-Man specifically, since it's such a young, lighthearted character that kind of can do no wrong, he makes mistakes, but he's not. He never does anything like actually bad unless he's possessed by venom it's it's yeah. super easy to just make a very likable character it's like the guardians of the galaxy it's like they're a bit dodgy at times but the entire way through it's just fun but this, this is a character is you can keep going with this is oh yeah the important thing here maybe more important than anything else is that not only did they do, they do start uh spider-man's personality right but they specifically do it in a way that's clear how it's separate from everyone else's personality. Because you have yeah. a big cast of characters right now. And trying to say the difference between personalities, between like... Like, let's try to talk about the character differences between War Machine and Glider Wing Man. And I'm like, um... Mm. Uh, one joke's think... a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like Spider-Man needs to be a, a, its own character to, to distinguish why it exists, and you don't you can't you don't want to lose the identity of the characters along the way. Because like when they made a Green Arrow show, they just made Green Arrow bite Batman, and then so mm. Green Arrow doesn't have a personality because he's just Batman. It, like it's well, the I think Batman. he was always he was always that way too. Well, which sucked. Part of any group or hero team, what are the archetypes that you have? Like you have the leader, the funny guy. The nerd, the lawful, like strong good, chaotic, man. Good. <laughs> yeah, there's kind the new, of. There's always a lawful good, chaotic good contrast the, of like the, the character. The shady emo guy. The, there's the Iron Man versus the versus the Captain America. Like the, this lawful stupid character has to be in there somewhere. There has to be a Captain America Superman, 
and then yeah. people that don't go there. And it's for two reasons. One, to have interesting interactions between characters and delineate them as being separate. But also, mm-hmm. it shows why that specific character is so important. Like, Superman is Superman because no one else is Superman. Like, no, you have to have him surrounded by other heroes that are all there to do the right thing and all there to be good, but all have different ideas of what to do about it and are willing to go to different lengths to do that. And in, in, in certain ways, are willing to compromise morality in certain contexts to accomplish greater good things. Whereas, like, Superman does not do those things. And so in order to set up Superman correctly, you need to not do what they did in, in Man of Steel. You don't make a... Like, it, the reason what like people point out a lot of structural problems with Man of Steel and a lot of other issues. I'm just gonna spoil Man of Steel, by the way, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just to talk about this because it's important for the, this kind of storytelling is that like to establish Superman as the character he is. There's like Man of Steel's bad movie for a lot of reasons, but two of the things about how they got the character wrong is like he watches his own foster father die. To hide his identity. To hide his identity for like five more minutes, practically. Like he's going to, his identity is just going to come out later anyway. But also, by the way, his dad was just sacrificed. He was just risking his own life to save like a dog. dog. So his dad will risk himself to save a dog, but Superman will watch him die, even though he can't get hurt by the process except for being exposed. Like that's and all that could happen. But also, you don't have Superman in his origin story snap someone's neck. <laughs> you don't have Superman commit murder in his first movie. You're not even subverting anything about his character at that point because you haven't even established that he won't kill yet. <laughs> like at that point, he's not Superman, and you have no. just Mm-mm. you made some other fictional character that you made up for the screen wear his costume. And, like, that can work if you can really nail it, like Heath Ledger's Joker. But most of the time, historically, with superheroes, if you don't actually stick with why people care about the character, people don't care about your movies. And that's why no one feels stuff when they watch the DC movies, is because, like, the characters suck. (laughs) They're shitty characters. I don't know if any of you guys have ever gone back to see the old Superman television series, but I actually thought that... uh, Reeves' version, I believe it was George Reeves, because Chris Reeves was in the uh, the 70s movies, but uh, George Reeves' version of Superman was actually really witty. It's interesting, like, seeing a guy cracking jokes as Superman, but it, it was good, though. It was wow, really good. His, his name was really George Reeves. Yes, yes. I've never heard that name before, so when you said that, I had to Google it because I thought you were making up a person. <laughs> no, but no, no. There's really a George Reeves and Christopher Reeves that both play Superman. That's not confusing. <laughs> and I think it's odd because Ben Affleck had actually done a movie as George Reeves, like why he committed suicide kind of thing. Oh, that's a weird connection. That's yeah. a really weird connection to have. Actually, it's funny. I was watching a thing about why Daredevil was so bad. And the reason why Affleck actually took that role was because he thought he would never be offered Batman. Wow. Oops. Well, and, funny how and that works now, out. And now he's Batman. <laughs> also, if you Google uh, Ben Affleck Superman, you get a lot of... I, I, well, I, I Googled Ben Affleck George Reeves, but instead I got a lot of pictures of Ben Affleck dressed as Superman for some reason. That's weird. Well, I don't know what that's the, from. It, well, oh, he looks movie, like George Reeves. 
Well, right, right. So in the movie, they may have done a little thing where, I mean, un- the unfortunate thing about George Reeves was after they had wrapped up the Superman series, he was just so tied to the character back in the 40s that he could barely find other work. Like, he popped up in a couple more, like, detective flicks and other things, but people just saw him as Superman, and that's what sort of caused a downward spiral for him. That's sad. So, I wanted to say one last thing about Spider-Man, seeing as we're kind of wrapping this up. Okay. I really appreciated that he didn't make his costume this time. Like, the past two Spider-Man movies, he just suddenly has made this, like, high-tech, really ridiculous-looking suit. In fact, at and one point, case, he does put on a costume he made himself, and it's bad. And it's just, like, so shitty. It's great. Like, it, it reminded me of, in the first movie, Spider-Man, you know, the first, um, the one with the Green Goblin, I don't know, remember. I mean, that, I mean, that always ranked as one of the things where, like, if you're going to accept it, you, like, if you see him in his, like, Spider-Man costume in either of the other trilogies, like, you just have to be, like, yeah hand wave like you just have to like literally ex- just accept it without thinking about it and it, or or it's a huge distraction because like yeah and it was always super distracting costumes because he he kept like tearing it up and and getting it yeah. ripped and like shot or whatever it's, it's and like, who's fixing your costume mr secret identity <laughs> so yeah. many of them were covered with like nicely done silicone or polyurethane yeah. like webbing external like stuff on top and i'm just like mm. like i'm imagining that if spider-man actually did like, like you don't have make a lucius a costume... fox <laughs> yeah if he made a costume for himself he probably would have had to like stitch together two different body suits of like red and blue and then marker yeah. on the black lines i mean just yeah. on a logistical I... level trying to imagine toby mcguire making that costume is like horrifying like how many yeah, steps especially... would be involved and like how how much is that distracting from him just doing what he wants to do is like saving people especially because like in later movies he's like living in a one-bedroom apartment and stuff like that and it's just like mm, not I, buying it i've made tons of costumes before especially armor suits and they take up an entire room yeah <laughs> <laughs> When you have all your materials lying around, and you're but trying no, to stitch he just things gets his, together. He just gets his costume for free from the guy that has infinite resources. Yeah. Ta-da. But like, the fact that he started with that and he had to effectively beat the rest of the movie in his shit costume once it gets taken away. I thought that was really nice. I, I thought that was that was perfect. And then he gets the really good costume and he's like, nah. And by the end, he barely even needs a costume because at the yeah. end, uh, the villain knows who he is already. Yeah. Uh, well, the hilarious, the hilarious thing too was I loved it when um, they revealed that you know Gwyneth Paltrow and everyone had a huge press briefing <laughs> all ready for Spider-Man to yeah. like be announced as like his new sidekick or something, the new Avenger. And then, oh, oh what are we going to do instead? Oh, engagement. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a test, and he just like lets him think it was a test, and it wasn't a test at all. Like he didn't, th- he wasn't didn't think that far ahead at all. Yeah, I think the line was like <laughs> that, like. 14-year-old, 16-year-old kid just proved that he's a more mature person than anyone else in this building or something like that. And he, he, there was there was a line like 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 oh, he he actually just had like a really mature decision moment just now. Yeah. Completely caught well, me by surprise but, or something like that. And he's like I feel like a proud father well, kind of thing. But he had actually said that Spider-Man in that moment had been more mature than any of the other Avengers. 
but also uh, it totally was not a test and he totally did not plan that for that to happen <laughs> well yeah it's because yeah. no matter how sage iron man can come across he's not he's he's a giant no, man child he's, he's a compulsive person with tons of money that does irresponsible things constantly even when he knows they are but his revelation like his reaction to spider-man is so genuine when that happens mm-hmm. when he does make that call because of well iron man 3 the whole yeah. you, your suit isn't who you are as the superhero thing was like that entire movie that not everyone watched. I like that movie. It, it was, makes me yeah. wonder. It's better than two. It makes me wonder for the next Avengers film if they're gonna like have the wedding. I I actually wouldn't be surprised if almost Iron Man getting married is isn't going to be his character death. Oh. That I I mean it kind of depends, but you got to retire a superhero eventually, probably. So you think that instead of killing Iron Man, they'll have him marry? Uh, crap what's her name pepper pepper yeah pepper pops yeah she'll marry pepper and then just kind of retire from being iron man and be like go avengers i guess yeah Yeah, i made it i i I brought new ones together right that they can handle it yeah so that might happen i don't i hope they don't do that but it's one way to have a graceful character exit that does not involve a death yeah they can't exclusively kill off every character that's going to be leaving no universe Wasn't there a remote-controlled suit going around, though? Well, like, I mean, de- for a while... would be the only thank you for yeah. doing all that work as a as and a it, hero. And also, I mean, Pepper at one point dons her own suit, though I don't know if Gwyneth Paltrow would ever be in... Actually, no, didn't they I don't include think so. I, I don't think so. She's really expensive, and... Yeah. I, the, it, the, uh, the Infinity thing is going to be so dense with characters... That oh, they, so they, many they characters. They can't add, like, Pepper Potts now as Miss Iron Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they can't. Iron Woman. It's just it's, it's just the same costume, but with a bow. <laughs> like, Miss well, Iron Man. Well, uh, I, I think... It's a more feminine th- version. I, yeah, I'm the joking, comic... But, the like, comic they name can't. for her, I believe, is Rescue or something. Yeah. It's yeah. Rescue. But, like, they're, they're already... Because they already have other... Uh, isn't Captain Fantastic or, I mean, Mr. Marvel or something? Who is it? That's like Ms. Some, Marvel. No, there's a... Huh? Shazam or something... Oh, Shazam, but, not, but that's but, DC. But like, he's, but, like, he's not called... Yeah. But, he's like, he's the other character that's... Is it Mr. Marvel or Captain Marvel? Someone's coming... Well, someone named Marvel or Shazam or something is coming into the into Infinity uh, War also. Well, that's Captain Marvel, but it's a woman. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah. It wasn't, though, was it? Uh, there have been it, versions it of It comes and goes. Yeah, like, I don't think the incarnation they were going with is a woman, is it? It is. I think it is uh, a woman actually, now or something. Yeah, it currently is. It. But the uh, movie... Apparently, she's Captain Marvel is not going to be in Infinity War. They actually had a woman cast as her, and they even introduced her before one of the other like Star Wars movies had well, come out I, or something. But I then think, they trashed. I it. think they're going to be uh, maybe bringing her on because they're uh, the comics specifically. She's one of the more popular heroes right now, but, but she, she will not be has in Infinity the War. Short one blonde, way cropped hair. Pr- the she probably red and won't blue show up until suit. the next generation. Yeah, because like, it seems like Infinity War is going to be the generational cutoff where they they get rid of a lot of the current cast of uh, Marvel characters, which a lot of them have had, have have had exactly trilogies so far of standalone movies, which is noteworthy. Uh, and like, Thor I think they're going to get been. I think they're going to get rid of a lot of them and either kill them or retire them and replace them with newer characters. But also, they're li- they're unlikely to really add new characters in the middle of the Infinity War movie because they already have the problem of having. 
like Avengers was a big cast the first time around, but by the time you got to Age of Ultron and Civil War, they have a gargantuan cast of characters there. And mm-hmm. then you add in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's too many people. <laughs> Is Infinity War going to be the last quote-unquote film of the Guardians of the Galaxy series, or are they going to do more Guardians of the Galaxy afterwards, you think? I imagine they'll do a Guardians th- 3. In fact, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 tells you there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at the end, just like yeah. the first one did. But, uh, yeah, like they're going. They're, I I think they're just going to be mashing the existing characters together for the next movie and not bringing in too many new ones because. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't like kind of how they mash mash up a, a bunch of their current cast, and then afterwards maybe some of them will still have like one or two movies before like tying off. So like Guardians of the Galaxy will you know join everybody else for Infinity War and then generally never show back up again because yeah. they've got other things to do. Ant Man will probably gracefully exit. Maybe he's got his own thing. Maybe he will keep going. They do have an Ant Man and the Wasp in the works. Yeah, but like my bet is it's probably going to be one of those where it happens and then everybody kind of splits off again. And maybe five, ten years down the line, there's another big crossover movie, but it's going to involve a lot of different people because a number of the characters will have had their plot arcs end. And the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, there were at least over 13 different characters that had been cycled in and out of that. I mean, you look up like, like any you look up like any image people have made, like the fan images for the Infinity War, and like it already looks like a, a Simpsons crowd shot. <laughs> like there's so <laughs> many people in that picture that like when you see the official one, I think I see. I think this is the official one I'm looking at right now, the one that has like Thanos in the middle, and it's clearly like a new image we haven't seen anywhere else yet with him without a headpiece. Like even that one, oh, yeah. like they 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 have so many missing characters in that image alone because they just can't fit everyone. <laughs> it's impossible. Um, I mean, so I of this cast, I mean, I think Thor and Loki are going to be involved because they have the blue. Gemstone. Oh shit! I forgot about Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, Doctor Vision, Strange. Vision has Black Vision Panther. has the yellow one. Strange has the green one. Who has the red in the? I've- I'm looking at this now, and I'm not. I'm not actually sure if this is official. Also, it's weird that Scarlet Witch is blonde in this one. Oh, um, you mean uh, Black Widow? You, you mean blonde. Black Widow? Yeah, sorry. She actually does bleach her hair blonde. Well, yeah, in the comics no, she's like point. supposed to be a, a disguised person. I can't tell if this is official or not because it just feels weirdly badly it, photoshopped specifically black panther looks really really out of place a few yeah, of them actually, look out of place that might be an image it, from the card game hard. i might have found a non-official thing because it's some, yeah, of them, you did. some of them look like they might be drawn but at well, least it okay. at least features the new artwork of it's it's the new uh thanos that, yeah. so like, that's at least a new-ish image it's I, really hard to find official sources i think, sometimes I think it's a uh, a new thanos maybe captain america but like winter yeah, winter soldiers with a beard <laughs> Yeah, there's Chris Evans with a beard, which might be true, but like if you look, the lighting is completely wrong on each and every one of them. Oh yeah, it switches. Um, the freaking uh, shoot, uh, Drax, Drax is straight up a movie still. Uh, <laughs> a lot of these look I mean, like most, they were most just sort of Black Panther and uh, Incredible Hulk are both drawings. Yeah, uh, and Spider. Well. Maybe Spider Man. It looks like Spider Man. It's really hard to tell oh, for Spider Man. Definite- that might be a video game still. <laughs> 
from the video game. Actually, yeah, that is the video game still from the upcoming Insomniac. No one can twist their body that way. Also, he is going to crotch bump Doctor Strange if he keeps going in that trajectory. So also his body can't twist that far. Yeah. And also I can't imagine the empath girl from Guardians of the Galaxy uh would be placed anywhere close to that. Actually, yeah, what the hell is with this placement to begin with? Maybe not the empath girl, but the uh the girl that's played by the girl from uh was it Gilliam? Oh, are you talking about Nebula? Yeah. Okay. She's gonna well, like she, despite being a seemingly minor character, she'll have to be in it because she's like Thanos' yeah. daughter. Yeah. Well, she's one of the daughters. I think she might be might be blood daughter. Uh, no, or maybe she's adopted too. Yeah, they're both adopted. Like they're oh, both Karen adopted. has no blood Karen children. Gillen, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. She played. He has a lot she played of Amy children. in uh, was it? Doctor yeah, Amy in Doctor Who. Yep. That's a weird. I can't unsee it whenever I'm watching the Guardians movies. I'm like, that's just Amy bald. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like I, I think it's supposed to be a dis- like a sufficient amount of makeup to make it not super obvious, but I'm like, no. But that's, then she that's, opens she's, her mouth and talks, and it's she's like the Doctor Hi, Who Amy companion. Bond. And also, she already like, did you see the episode of Doctor Who where there's like time travel Amy, and like you could see old Amy and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I that, think that was actually one of the last ones I saw from that. Like, that one with like badass time travel Amy and like wearing like robot parts as armor. Like that one was close enough to Nebula in voice acting that it's like it's it's too similar now, and I can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a cool episode. That was that weird. was a cool episode. So all uh, are all the gems so, accounted for? Yeah. So Vision's just gonna die, right? Probably, Probably. if he gets his head. Like, he has an infinity off. stone in his head, and the whole point yep. of the story is Thanos has to get the infinity stones to make the story happen. <laughs> so, I wouldn't like, be surprised if Vision doesn't like exist for a short bit and then just dies horribly. Yeah, and then maybe they revive him at the end because he's also a robot. This yeah, poor maybe character they get like just stone. exists to die. <laughs> yeah, like that's the problem of having a character. That that's the one that's one of the downsides of having an adaptation as opposed to like being there when the old stories are being made up from scratch along the way, is that sure there's the whole like oh it's like when you're watching the it made up the first time it feels like, feels like there's no plan for a lot of stuff and it kind of feels like they pull stuff out of their ass when you're watching stories in progress but when you watch the adaptation there's su- some stuff stuff is just such a like a foregone conclusion like hey look it's the ca- hey, look they just birthed a character out of nowhere that has an Infinity Stone in his head, R.I.P. <laughs> Like, the moment yep. he's born, you're like, he's going to die because he has an Infinity Stone in his head. Like, that, that I think he needs to live. <laughs> like I, think I could a actually see a lot of the movie be about them trying to safeguard him above all else I forget and then if... failing and then... Yeah, yeah, he might be the last because okay, I could th- see them... These, these fan-made posters are really good. <laughs> There's really good ones. I can't... It's hard to tell which ones are real. <laughs> God damn it. I found one that looks so real, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very, very obviously not. Once again, the lighting is so different yeah. on each and every you one. You know, of them. they they paste a lot of. However, the, they at least got together. the right Spider-Man so this time close. around. Part oh, of it is. Man. Do you, does any do any of you think this will be good or no? Um, I think it. I think it will be par for the course for the rest. Um, I haven't heard of any kind of developmental hell. And I have yet to see a, like, Marvel reboot movie that was even remotely close to mediocre. So my assumption is, I liked Age of Ultron. I thought it was one of the worst of their, like, current line, but I still enjoyed it. I still haven't seen it. 
Well, I found the most fake one because I found one that has the Netflix characters in it, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's what? Defenders. Part, those characters are part of the same universe. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's hard to remember sometimes, but the Netflix shows and the Marvel shows and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all take place in the same universe, technically. They and just... aren't they doing the Inhumans, too? That's yeah, they are. Weird. They're, they're doing the Inhumans. Yep. And but like a lot of those, like the defenders, have nothing to do with the Avengers generally, no, and for the most they're, part, they're are kind Spider-Man. of this like minor group. They're yeah. like Spider Man. We're like, this is our neighborhood. Shit's going down. I'm gonna fight this one guy that's local crime boss, and that's like that's their stories. And the Inhumans kind of take the role of occasional uh, Gandalf or like Atlantis, <laughs> where they live on the fucking moon and just stay there because everybody else is scary or something <laughs> and almost never show back up except for apparently Black Bolt is on the Marvel High Council for some reason. So I would love uh, to be surprised by Infinity War, but it screams the idea of that it, that it will have like this too many characters problem. Yeah. Especially since might- didn't they cut it down from being a two movie thing to a one movie thing? So it's going to be yeah. maybe more condensed, which is... Oh. I think it's this- good to go into it with low expectations just because of what it what it inspires to be is probably yeah. bigger than they're capable of doing. They probably would have had to done something like The Hobbit, where The Hobbit was <sighs> extended for three films. Uh, like maybe, bad. just maybe, they can take that fight scene from Civil War that was sh- surprisingly good and yeah. surprisingly full of character little moments and stuff and stretch that for an entire film. And they I have mean, a lot of money to spend on writers if they can well, <laughs> to try to find the right people for this stuff. But this is this is sort this of could my be a disaster. Pre- <laughs> yeah, this is my prediction. Um, I think. Well, first off, there are the f- five stones. Is it? Yeah, there are five stones. I'm thinking that, sure, while we have the Avengers, there's going to be, like, separate groups of them. Because, like, there's Thor and Loki and his stone on Asgard and whatever. There's Doctor Strange and his stone. There's Vision. So they have their different stones and stuff. And I think one's going to get taken or something. And everyone's going to be like, oh, no. And then they're like, well, we need to find the other ones. Who has them? And then Doctor Strange is like, well, I conveniently have one. And Vision's like, oh, no. What about this thing that I have? Then they're going to... Like, maybe one more gets taken after a scuffle or something, and the Guardians of the Galaxies intervene, and they're like, oh, yeah, we might want to um, inform you who precisely is after these things. Oh, yeah, it's our evil god daddy Thanos guy. And they're like, oh, you mean the aliens that attacked us the last time? And it's like, ah. And then... And then they're going to have different fights here and there. One by one, the stones, maybe some of the heroes will fall until it's like a last group that has to fight off Thanos. I feel like best like case scenario, we get like the Mass Effect 2 suicide <laughs> mission. Yeah. Like that's like the best case scenario. Everyone has a particular skill and they're going to handle these particular parts. Hawkeye is going to have to just really do some kind of really cool shot. Maybe he dislodges an infinity stone with an arrow because that's like all he could conceivably do in this <laughs> scenario because he's Hawkeye. He just I actually would love it if Hawkeye was the one that saves the day, or just like the most regular people. Just the Hawkeye, last shot. like Hawkeye, the if Falcon. You, um, if you put Hawkeye in this dumb of a setting, like the only way you can justify his existence is if he pulls off one ridiculous, like vital shot at some point in the story. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, Hawkeye will be like Killer Croc and Captain Boomerang in, in the Suicide Squad movie, which is that they don't have a reason to exist. No, even more so the grappling hook guy that blew up immediately. Yeah. 
Like in the like, oh, and, and, oh man, do you think someone's just gonna die immediately? Like one character is just gonna be gone right away. I I could see it. The obvious mm. contender is obviously Vision, but I I think maybe someone more we're more I, attached I feel to like than he that. hasn't had enough he hasn't had enough development so yeah. like we wouldn't be crushed by it i think he's I, gonna be the last one to get a stone taken i think there'll I be honestly, a gut punch moment you think he'll kill nebula i could very much see hawkeye dying immediately because even in uh civil war he wasn't really a contender he was just kind of there to keep the status quo you know safeguard people and you know everybody's friend so the Nebula's idea of hawkeye, gonna die near the end I, she's maybe she's gonna get killed Nebu- by thanos i think nebula might be an early death I think that the entire last Guardians of the Galaxy movie was trying to set up the the entire last Guardians of the Galaxy movie we got felt like that last episode where it felt like when you're watching a television show and a character's going to die that episode and you don't know you technically don't know that yet but all those signs start coming in for like closure and character arcs that all warm up to the part the part where that character dies later yeah. that episode right cuz Guardians yeah. Guardians it, 2 felt like Nebula's death movie <laughs> like, it's the classic when i when we get back from this uh, I'm going to get married to my like sweetheart, and then the guy dies tragically, yeah, and you like, feel bad for well, him. Well, I was thinking from the perspective of like they hate each other's guts. Gamora's like, you know, I never intend to hurt your feelings, Nebula. I just wanted to win, and Nebula is like, but our father tore my body apart because of it, and it's like, well, we're gonna get revenge on Thanos, and Gamora's like, well, that's something that we can agree on, and then and she's like, yes, I will just dest- destroy him, and I think she's gonna die destroying him. Maybe. If, like, if they that, that was him. the that was the setup of Guardians Two was that whole conflict that whole back and forth. But I think Nebula dies, and that becomes Gamora's like like big moment for for her in the movie. Because well, yeah, somebody I, I they somebody would give had, Nebula I, her wish. It feels I almost, like somebody's almost inevitably going to get killed for stakes reasons, like just to rise stakes. Yeah. And they can't kill Coulson again. No, they can't. Well, <laughs> yeah, at this point. Coulson hasn't even been seen in the movie. Wait, for you're a talking while. about the Shield agent? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because he got killed in the first Avengers movies but for stakes, alive. except for not really. <laughs> yeah. I I want to hope they actually have the guts to kill off somebody more important than yeah. kind of the villain. Like it would be pretty pretty nuts if they just kill off one of the main lines. Do you think they're going to kill Captain America? About, we we care about Nebula more than Vision at this point. Yeah, we care about Nebula more than Vision, which is why Vision probably won't get killed off. But like. If, He'll still get the gem ripped out of his head. Well, like, if, say, for example... I think Vision's uh, the last Infinity Stone they get. Like, he's getting all the Infinity Stones. It's like, we have to yeah. all defend Vision because he's got the last one. And, that's and of course, they f- they fail eventually. And so Vision dies, and uh, Thanos gets the uh, Infinity Gauntlet all set up and stuff. But I think that I think someone needs to die early on to establish the threat. Because yeah. you have to establish a threat that justifies bringing in every character. <laughs> It's all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so many characters. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, uh, Ant-Man isn't even tied to any of the stones, is he? No. I don't even know if he'll be in the movie. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Think, I don't think he'll be in the movie. And, he could be, but I don't think so. And Spider-Man isn't tied to any of the stones. He's just tied because He's not, but he's tied to Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, really strongly. Iron and it Man- would be kind of a weird waste to do all this setup for him being kind of like a provisional Avengers member. And then not have him show up for, like, the big thing. And then Iron Man's tied to it because Vision's his creation, right? Yeah. And Thor is tied to it because of the Infinity Stone from I his father. I guess, honestly, we should we should probably stop this here. Sorry! Because Black Panther's coming out before Infinity War, right? Is it really? I think so. I think it's coming out later this remember, year. remember, at the end of Civil War, the Avengers were broken up, like, really hard. 
and I can't imagine that they're going to do the reunification plot line at the same time. Well, I think this I think universe is going like, to get really busy. Something like the Infinity <laughs> War would be the reason for the Civil War cast to get okay, back together. Okay, so Infinity War well, is... Ant-Man's going to be in Infinity War and he's going to survive. <laughs> okay. Because okay. Infinity Black War comes Panther? out May 4th, but Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out July yep. 6th. Okay, so Black Panther uh, February. is February. Uh, Infinity War is May. So and Ragnarok is November. So, so we could lose Black if... Panther. Yeah, Although we could be weird Black Panther early. Black Panther would or be weird just because the they're setting him up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could be setting him up. They could actually resolve the Black Panther. They could resolve a lot of character arts before Infinity War. Do you Infinity think Black War? Panther might be a one-movie character? Uh, or do you think they want to uh, use him for a trilogy like everyone else? I think the problem I is... I don't know. Because even Ant-Man's say- getting a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because what if the... Black Panther movie is such a big success and they already have well, him slated to be killed off in Civil War. That'd be bad for them. I I don't think so. I think I think Black Panther is going to be their no, attempt at resolving a lot of these plot arcs early so I, that it rolls into Infinity War smoothly. Because right I, now it's too big of a gap to jump. I think the, the kill list for Infinity War of people that can die are... What about Hulk? All the people that have been in... have finished their trilogy... Any of them could die, and anyone oh, yeah. who doesn't have their own movies. <laughs> what about? Yeah, that leaves Hulk. Hulk doesn't have his own movie. Hulk doesn't have his own movies, they... but Hulk uh, is a big, pretty big deal character yeah, that hasn't Hulk... got a lot of screen time yet. Yeah, Hulk yeah. dying, I think, would be would feel really It'd weird. Feel because, bad. Well, he's kind of baseline one of the true invincible characters because the more yeah. you hurt Hulk, even in Banner form. The stronger he gets as the Hulk, so like we'll have to see how much you Thor sh- finishes his arc because they're setting up yeah. the idea of Smart Hulk and Talking Hulk yeah. being a thing that comes up now. So we'll yeah. see how far that goes over the so course of the movies. I, I was going to say we should probably just kind of nip it, nip this Spider-Man spoiler yeah. cast in the bud here. And it's just the Marvel. At this point, yeah, I'm calling it the, the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Marvel Universe spoiler cast. <laughs> spoiler cast. Yeah, it works because <laughs> it uh, is but both. We should and. And homecoming's trendy. <laughs> we should reconvene after Ragnarok, and then again after. We'll have to do a Ragnarok uh, spoiler cast. We'll just have to do a spoiler cast after every Marvel movie because I assume you're yeah, just going to watch them every all right mainline anyway. one. Oh yeah, like I don't really feel like movies. spoiler casting. You know, Ant Man or the, you don't want to do spoiler cast for Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I mean, I would, but it, <laughs> they don't have nearly as much like in universe impact, so it we doesn't seem as necessary. About how they they screw up their own rules. Yeah. Did that well, piss you off in Ant-Man? Yeah. Was this about the shrinking? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think it's bigger or smaller, pass. and it maintains its weight. And then it's like, okay, so that ant should be flying away, right? And so should that tank? Nope, that tank's full weight. I'm like, but it was on his keychain. How did he carry a whole tank? It's like they broke <laughs> yeah. their own rules almost immediately after telling us what they were. But yeah, we got to stop because mm-hmm. we've been talking for well over two hours about the Marvel Universe. I need which... to pee. I was like, okay, we're doing two one-hour yeah. podcasts, so... The I don't need to, to like go to the pray. bathroom. We'll have to get back to that some other time, I think. Yeah, some other day. There's no rush. Thanks for watching, like always, guys. Send your questions to fordnerdsquestions at gmail.com. Uh, we normally ask, ask, uh, answer them when we're all here and not doing a spoiler cast. Uh, and I told you guys, I promised you that I'd eventually do a spoiler cast for a movie I liked. Because <laughs> it doesn't so happen. So we did. Yet. And we barely talked about it. <laughs> But we, just go we, see we, it, guys. We, co- we covered all the twists and all the major points that happened. Yeah. We just glazed over certain elements a lot because we kept getting sidetracked because this is our first extended Marvel discussion, I think, really. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. So thanks for watching, like always, guys, and I'll see you next time. Yeah.